Hi everyone, and welcome to the 177th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with... Emily! Hello! How you doing, Emily? I'm doing good, how are you? Uh, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good, actually. I just wanted to say, you know, this is a, a very important episode. I'm glad you could be here. Thank you. I'm glad I'm here, too. Yeah, so this episode, if you don't know, this is our 10th anniversary episode. It's been 10 years, yeah. Emily! How old were you 10 years ago? Five? Three? I was nine. Oh, you were nine, okay. So you're 19 yes. now, okay. Uh, so I guess, yeah, so this is, it's been 10 years, a lot has changed in the series, and that's what we're going to talk about. So anyway, moving along, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes Store, Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. So we have a two-segment show today, and basically the way that we got it break- broken down is that um, right now we're actually recording in the future. Emily, we're in the future. Did you know that? I'm impressed by ourselves. I know. We have we have time-traveling powers. So uh, we're currently in the future because in the past, which for me, yesterday I recorded a nice lovely chat that I'm, call- I'm titling the, the old people chat. It's the old people chat. It's basically going to be a retrospective on the show and the Kingdom Hearts series as a whole, as it's changed over these past 10 years. And we've got me, Brandon, and then we've got Churro. We've got Sabby, Sabrina. She's back on this episode. And we also have a very special guest, Lauren McFadden, the original creator of the Kingdom Hearts Union podcast. Did you guys know that I'm not the real creator? I I didn't make this show. I just sort of joined the show at some point. It's been quite a, a long time with me. Uh, so, uh, and I don't plan on going anywhere, so no worries. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's going to be the old people chat. And then next, the DLC chat with Emily. We're, we're going to ask, we're going to ask Emily some of the same kinds of questions, but, uh, geared more towards, uh, Emily just started the show. So <laughs> <laughs> some of, some of the questions are a little bit harder to answer. Like, oh, what's your favorite Kingdom Hearts Union memory? Well, you know, last week when, <laughs> when I... <laughs> When I said that one thing, wooey, I remember that. Yeah, I don't know if this is my third or my fourth episode, so it, it's yeah, it's 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 something like that. So. I'm already losing count. It's been that it, many. Hey, it, it, good, good. You're already well on your way to being an old person. That's perfect. And then also, not just Emily chat time, but also I'm gonna give my ice. It's gonna be my ice cream review. My sea salt ice cream review. I went to various places in Tokyo to eat various types of sea salt ice cream, and I will I'm very jealous review them. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm sure that what I will talk about there will only serve to make you more jealous because all the ice cream is really like good. I would like some sea salt ice cream. It was so good. So uh, yeah, so uh, that that's the breakdown. Old people chat, DLC chat, and then uh, yeah, we're gonna get in with that. So, in the way of announcements, as always, you can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. And our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows. We have Nahika Blawi, Joseph Robertson, who's at Pokemon Trainer J, Alex and Rachel Troutman, who are at Akira Namjin, Chris Morales, Keith Field, who is at The Mighty Keith, 
Michael Graham, Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, Miles Ribbons, Thorin Bullen, who's at Massacre 23, David Calero, Tori Patrick, Chris Pope, who's at Dr. Pope 181, and Emily, if you could take these last ones. We have Yannick Nod at Yannick Nod, Louis James, Nick Moraland, Zach Duranto, Freya Stella, Rachel Casterton at Urba Yunray, Hunter Morgan, Mohammed Quam, Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels, and Dion Matthews at Doomster73. And be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. I'm sorry we didn't have a question segment this time, but um, it, this is a really packed show. I hope you can understand. We'll have questions on the next episode. Oh, yeah, real big. <laughs> and uh, so it should be a lot of fun. So, Emily, put your hands yes. together. We're going to summon time magic. We're going to time travel starting now. All right. And now for the Kingdom Hearts Union. Old people chat. <laughs> oh, my back. We are joined with. Uh, so you got me, Brandon. We also have, you know, our lovely Churro. Yeah. Churro, how you doing? I'm, Churro, I'm, I'm, Churro. I'm old now because of you. Yeah, Churro's old now. It's my fault. And we also have Sabrina. Hi. Oh, my God. Sabrina's back. Hi. Welcome back. Sabrina, you're, thank you. Are you old, too? I aged very quickly from the last episode. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts aged me really quickly. Right? I, That's, I, it's, it just it's, went by. It's the power of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. It's time travel in a bad way. Yeah, exactly. Now my back's hurting. My knees hurt. My ankles hurt. It's just right. all in the wrong places now. <laughs> we have another very very special guest it is a a blast from the origin of kingdom hearts union we have one of the founding members of kingdom hearts union we have lauren mcfadden hello hello i am the oldest hello she's the oldest (laughs) the old Uh, one i am back hello everyone from 2009 (laughs) from 2009 the one hit wonder. Pew, 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 pew. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> I I thought like, look, this is our this is our ten year anniversary. I thought it would only be appropriate to have you know one of the people that made this podcast a thing be on the show. Uh, it is so nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm seriously, so, I'm so emotional about this. This is amazing. Yeah, I will say. Just, you know, uh, a li- little bit of uh, inside baseball. I did cheat a little bit. Somehow my, my iPhone knew. It recommended me the 100th episode of Final Fantasy Union for whatever reason. <gasps> oh, back from wow. 2015. Gosh. Yeah, and I remember I, recording that. So I got I listened in on that and got a little bit of the cliff notes. There you go. W- what I needed to know. It was a good summary. Thanks. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. So yeah, uh, so yeah, Lauren, you 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 started the show with with Fozzie as well. Was she on the, from the very beginning? She was. So yeah, the yeah. way this got started was that like somewhere around Otakon 2009, when Kyle um, and I had been doing podcasting for like over a year and a half already, um, right. he got to meet Fozzie, who is my best friend from high school. Like we that's where we met was in high school marching band and um he was like yeah we'd like to start to section things off into different games and we figured we would give you the kingdom hearts podcast because that's your jam and originally why i was invited on the fxn final fantasy 13 podcast it was it was very specific it only broadened out into final fantasy a little bit later and yeah. uh so yeah it was um yeah it was fozzy and then also uh jay um 
Mm-hmm. Uh, who also is still into Kingdom Hearts, is still into Final Fantasy. Um, and we were kind of the original cast along with Kyle. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so awesome. And just mm-hmm. just to clue anyone in who doesn't know, Fozzie is Lauren from uh, Final Fantasy Union. Yes. Who's still around, still doing Final Fantasy Union, still doing it strong. Still kicking butt. Yeah, yep. she's so great. Yeah, still kicking butt. I don't know how she does it. She is super mom. Yep, she, really she is, is all, super mom. It's it's so true. <laughs> She's the best. So uh, yeah, so basically on this episode, uh, the the way I, I got it set up at least for now, but we we can always broaden out. I've got four main questions that I want to basically go round table and ask everybody here what they think and how they feel about things that have changed over the years related to the show, related to the series, related to the community, related to your life. Because this is a celebration. This is a, a look back at the series as a whole. So I want to get to know how, how things have changed for all of us over the mm-hmm. course of these past few years. You know, past 10 years specifically. So, our first question. And I, you know what? I'm going to throw it to you, Lauren, first. Since you are <laughs> guest of honor. a fa- fa- founding <gasps> member, guest of honor. How do you feel... About the Kingdom Hearts th- series as it was in 2009, and how does it compare for you to how it is right now? So this is—it's such a ironic thing that like 2009-ish was when I was first starting this podcast because that was yeah. around a time in the Kingdom Hearts series when it's not that I was losing interest or anything like that, but I remember starting to get a little confused because that was around yeah. the time that Three Five Eight Days Over Two came out. And it's not that it seemed like a spinoff, but we didn't have the context of the rest of the series yet. So I was sort of wondering where the series is starting to meander. And I remember getting very into a couple other game series at the time, like uh, like Persona and um, Trauma Center, everything Atlas related. Um, it took me a little bit to get back to Kingdom Hearts, but... I remember right in 2010 when Birth by Sleep came out, and that was actually the last episode I did before I finished out my uh, my senior year of college. I distinctly remember reviewing the game as like, this is starting to feel like another like main Kingdom Hearts installment, and I really yeah. like where things are going. So it has been really awesome because even though there were a couple of years there where I sort of looked into a couple other things that was the year that sort of brought me back into the like childlike love that I had for Kingdom Hearts and coming back to it in early 2019 with Kingdom Hearts 3 coming out it literally feels like 17 years like right. wasn't a long time at all it was amazing <laughs> it's just like time traveling like all right oh it's yeah, connected like, oh my god we're suddenly here I'm 30 years old and <laughs> yeah oh yep. man Ah, uh, it was just so all, good. All I, I ask is, Namora, please don't do that again. Can we oh just, please, just yeah, please. Not that many Let's years. speed things up a little bit. Yeah, it was. I, I only live I... so long, and so do you, Namora. Let's not forget <laughs> that. Exactly. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts has been such a like long-standing part of my life that I was. I don't think my expectations were too high, but luckily for me, Kingdom Hearts three absolutely hit it out of the park. Um, it's great. It, not every game is perfect, but this game was as close to perfect as I could ever have expected. So it was. It's been such a good ride. 
<laughs> I will just preface and say, you know, uh, it hasn't been said yet, but we've said it on prior shows. Kingdom Hearts 3 spoilers, by the way, are completely fair game, including the secret ending, including everything. Okay, so I just wanted sweet. to, <laughs> I just want to ask real quick, what, did, so I'm going to be very specific <laughs> with my it. question. What yeah. did you think of the ending at the time that you first saw the ending? And I'm saying um, ending, not secret ending. I'm saying ending. Ending. So you're saying the uh, right before the credits? Before the, before the credits roll. All okay. that stuff. So what I thought about the ending was, so I finished the game from uh, the end of San Francisco to the end in one sitting. Like that was, oh my God. That was the day that I had. Wow. It was an emotional roller coaster, rescuing Aqua, you know, yeah. getting to the Keyblade Graveyard, going through all of that. I... I thought we were home free. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I remember, um, I actually, so my, my roommate and I both wanted to play Kingdom Hearts 3 separately, so we each had a TV and a PS4 in our own rooms yeah. playing. And I, you know, I'm just watching this ending. I'm so happy. I'm like, look at Isa. He's so happy. He gets to have friends now. This is yeah. awesome. Get to the ending. Everyone's having a beach party. I'm like fully emotionally fulfilled. And then right before the credits rolled, I sat up like stark upright on my bed and I was like, what? What? <laughs> oh my God. Numara? Yes. Numara, what does that mean? What? Uh, what? What is happening? <laughs> yeah. So um, I kind of went through all seven stages of grief during the credits yep. and I couldn't pay attention to any of oh the, uh, right. the Disney characters. And yep. then after the secret ending, felt a little bit better because. You know what the hell is that? We, yeah. we at least got to see our boys again. We know that, like, yeah. you know, there's something happening. But I, I honestly will say that I went through the seven stages of grief of the next few days. Like, it, yeah. did that really just happen? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Did you guys For feel me, the same way? Yeah, for me, it was a lot of uh, so an instant state of bitterness. That that was my first oh. initial reaction. Yeah, and That's then. Fair. And then, you know, similar to you, Seven Stages of Grief, my, my, uh, I guess bargaining what was going on in my head, something yes. like that. Okay, no, this ending didn't happen. And <laughs> actually, I'm going to come up with my own headcanon ending, and that's going to be how I think of this, and I'm done with this series. Yeah. But then when I got to that, <laughs> those secret endings. I feel like Namora listens to the podcast because, man, there's a lot of stuff in there that just, like, Some man, it stuff. feels like, do you ever feel like, you know, you read an article or you see a tweet or a meme and it's like, I feel attacked? Yeah. Like, oh, like yeah. this was almost directed at you. A lot of mm-hmm. that felt like it was that for me because yes. I've said it many times personally on the podcast how much of a fan of deep dive i am oh my God. and specifically yes. the secret ending from kingdom hearts one specifically deep dive and i've said uh, at some same points, buddy same almost almost jokingly that i might be more of a fan of deep dive than i am of kingdom hearts because of just how <laughs> emotional that that experience was for me that hit this, right at the like edgy teenage years when like, yeah that was exactly the right tone for all of us i think <laughs> and this secret ending Nomura, oh. that sneaky snake sneaky, that, that sneaky. song the song that plays during it it's very mm-hmm. subtle but oh man they do use part of the music from deep dive in a small snippet of it and i'm they just like do. Mm-hmm. the other you, so 
I thought you were um, originally yes. talking about the little snippet of Somnus. Totally deep dive as well. Yeah. But I remember yeah. the yeah. little yeah. snippet of Somnus. And my first too. instinct was like, oh, are we going to go like this meta? Are we going to cross it over yeah. with 15? Because I'm also a huge fan of 15. Yeah. But after a little bit of time to absorb it, I was like, okay, this is cool. All right. I'm about yeah. this. <laughs> so I, I, I've, I've gone on to it way too many times on the podcast, but I thoroughly feel that Namora has this concept for a dream game. He's been trying to make it for the past 500 billion years. He, he has. Tried, Since 2006. First, our first glimpse of it, I feel, was Deep Dive. Yes. Our first glimpse of it. And then with Versus 13, that was his chance to do it without the shackles of Disney. That's why Mm -hmm. I feel like there's so many design similarities between Deep Dive and the original Versus 13 trailer. Yes. Agreed. finally, uh, uh, ironically, still with the shackles of Disney, you might be able to have a chance at. I think think it's Brandon Tolpin. You know, know, Final Fantasy is because... The, the whole train of that type of, in, you know, setting for Nomura with Final Fantasy yeah. kind of went, that that train left. Well, yeah, that yeah. train left without him. And it was his train. He built that train and they he kicked built him that off train the train. And they kicked him off. So basically now it's like, you know what, then I'm not going to put this in, you know, any future Final Fantasy game. I'm just going to keep this it is, within what I'm known for this, Kingdom Hearts. This is in my house. Papa's house. I was going to say, to be fair, he did say, hey, what if we made Final Fantasy 13 versus 13 like Les, Mis- like Les Miserables, like yeah. a musical? <laughs> and they were like, all right, you need to get out. Tabata, get in here. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know what? Kingdom Hearts 3, he kind of almost got his revenge. He did have musical stuff in this game he with did. the Frozen level. So It's true. Uh, okay, uh, unpopular opinion. I loved that part. I'm a huge I Frozen fan. Too. I I'm, a huge, I'm a huge Frozen fan, so I oh, have no I'm beef so with glad that. you guys feel that way. <laughs> I love I it actually, so much. I actually specifically like the do you want to build a snowman part. I actually like that more. I actually like yeah, that a lot. that and part was really sweet. To me, it felt like, you know what? I kind of like this for a method of how they can handle Disney movies that have musical elements to it that are important. I'm okay mm-hmm. with there being just musical interludes. It just worked a little for me. bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, Tangled they, they is actually my length. favorite of the modern Disney movies, and I was yeah. a little bummed when they couldn't include I See the Light, but I, I totally understand yeah. why they couldn't do that. Um, that didn't stop me from sobbing my way through the lantern scene, because I knew that yeah. I would. So gorgeous. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, so good. I A lot of people took a lot of issue with the fact that they sort of frame for frame did that, but I, I, I've told I'm a lot okay of people. I'm like, listen, Disney is kind of weird about their quality control. They they really want – they probably wouldn't want a screenshot from Kingdom Hearts 3 being confused for a screenshot from Frozen, for instance. So yeah. they want to make sure that it is as close as possible to the – to the source material and you know what that's fine i love the source material for a reason and they just throw in sora down on a goofy just to kind of like break that mold yeah yeah the fact that sora was like sort of trolling through let it go like appearing (laughs) randomly was my favorite part (laughs) that was pretty funny (laughs) so So, yeah i guess i want to move this question now on to sappy so how do you feel the series has changed for you in in the past 10 years. How did you feel about it all the way back then? And then how do you feel about it now? And how has your love for it evolved <laughs> over the years? Because back then we didn't, we didn't have much. Like, you know, as we kind of said before, the story really wasn't all, like we were just getting hints of yeah. where the story was gonna go. 
But now, like, oh my god. I mean, there was so much, crazy. like, there was so much more mystery back then. Yeah. And you're like, oh my god, what could it be? What, like, it could go this way, it could go that way. And mm-hmm. I think I started, like, like, I, I got into Kingdom Hearts 1 late because. Yeah. Back when, back in the day, people don't do it now because it's illegal, but uh, you get like <laughs> uh, modded PS2s. And then I got yep. Kingdom Hearts 1. I played really quickly through that. And then Kingdom Hearts 2 was very closely coming out about that time. So I played it and I loved it. And I like, I had dreams about it. I had nightmares about it. I was like stressed <laughs> out. I like almost Mode. threw my controller academics because i lost like 10 times and i and it was like saturday morning and i was so <laughs> determined to beat this game and throughout like waiting through 358 um and like chain of memories birth by sleep dream job distance like i still had love for the series and i bought everything in sight that was kingdom hearts and like coming to kingdom hearts 3 i was excited I was happy with what I was seeing. And then after it was done, I kind of lost, like, I kind of lost what what I'm looking forward to. Right. I got to the point where I was like, so I got Kingdom Hearts. I don't know where my life is supposed to go now because I waited literally half my life. Like, I'm 26 now. I started when I was 13. I waited half my life for this. And now it's just like, out of conclude like it's at an end for the time being um yeah and i breezed through it like i i think was like was like tuesday midnight started playing it i think we had a podcast that saturday yeah and i you got it done quick i got it done really quick really quick and if you guys haven't listened to that podcast yet me and brandon just had like a whole yeah, we, we went, went through the different stages. Like we grieved <laughs> yeah, hard. It was rough. It, like I was like I had finished crying. I had finished like what is yeah, happening. Yeah, if you want to hear a more raw, more uh, immediate version of the five stages of grief, we got them. Yeah, We had a whole talk before it started, and then it kept going yeah. through the podcast. And it was yeah, rough. like it, I still have love for the series. I'm not as anxious and waiting for the yeah. next one because right now yes. my, the story has kind of ended for the time being i got some closure i got some like yeah. really mean things probably i want to say but like i probably won't because yeah. i just it just hurts me on the inside i haven't gone back to it because i think i have like yeah ptsd from it that i don't yeah. want to hurt myself I think, I think there might be some some value in that because i think in some ways you know it kind of reminds me and, and you know going off of what lauren was saying before this time of the series and the time of the series that, you know, and where it was in 2009 is kind of a similar place where we're not really sure where the series is going. <laughs> and th- there was a big gap left by a number title, you know, Kingdom Hearts mm-hmm. 2 had released and come out and we weren't sure when the next number title was going to be. Yeah, I feel like now there's a little bit more, at least slightly a little bit more assurance that yeah. you know we're gonna have the DLC coming out, mm-hmm. you know, by the end of the year uh, in Japan at least. Yeah. And, uh, and so there's that, and then also in the Ultimania, they like they specifically wrote in there K H I V as in Kingdom Hearts Four. 
Yes. By the way, they're going to write in Roman numerals. I never thought of that. Crazy. <laughs> My mind never yeah. went to four. So, 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 I, so there, there is going to be direction. It'll take time, uh-huh. but I think there's something nice about it. And it's kind of what you were saying, Lauren, how, you know, this is a great opportunity to, you know, see some other things, smell the roses, yeah. like find your next quote unquote persona. Hey, find another little series and whatever. And um, I will say that com- like from 2009 compared to now, I feel like rather than keeping us in the dark and not having given us enough other pieces of the plot to put together, yeah. because if you remember, it's sort of hard to remember now in 2019 how it felt to only have maybe 75% of the picture. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not like narratively beginning to end, but rather that like there was stuff from side games that we didn't even know yet. Like uh, yeah. Dream Drop Distance filled in a lot of gaps, for instance. Um, going into this one... We didn't one, know about Xehanort in 2009. I just want to point that out. Yeah, yeah. exactly that. kind of a big deal. That's a big deal. And this time it actually feels like something has been prepared and thought of much earlier because yeah. uh, Unchained came out in yeah. 2016 and... Uh, Unchained is going to matter in the future um, thing. And we've already had that for three plus years. So the fact that they set that up early enough, I think we have a lot more faith in their plan going forward. Yeah, they they definitely feel like, all right, this is not their first saga that they've written and prepared for. It definitely felt like to me with uh, the Kingdom Hearts series back in 2009 that you know, shifting from Kingdom Hearts 2 into something that they wanted to do a little bit longer. It mm-hmm. was very, I don't know, to me it seemed a little bit on the clunky side, shifting from Ansem Agreed. as the main protagonist to, all right, now it's going to be about Xehanort because uh, it seemed a little too final the way we handled it in Kingdom Hearts 1. So let's make a bigger bad. And then, it oh, wait, no. It felt contrived at the time. It's less yeah. so now. Mm-hmm. Less so now because I feel like they've justified it a lot more with things they've released after but Mm -hmm. there were things they had to release after which i'm hoping that you know going into this and them thinking about it in advance that it'll feel a lot more thought out from the beginning and we won't have so many but actually it was this guy i was gonna say there's less retconning because now they're actually planning for the future instead of sort of vaguely wondering hey will this series even continue like we're not sure yeah which um that that's one thing that i'm so happy about that has been a thing is the fact that this game sold so much and Mm -hmm. made disney and square a whole bunch of money so it by did. rules of capitalism, they have <laughs> to put in more effort. It's required. Yep. They can't. They their shareholders won't let them not put more effort into it. I feel so like I contributed like two percent of that of like all the things <laughs> yeah. that I have. It's like all the different copies share, you bought. I want to share a really dumb uh, like paranoia that I had going into this game. I yeah. was afraid that since it was taking so long that they might fail to get some of the voice actors that they've had yeah. for a very long time. Uh, and the voice actors are such a big part of why I love the series. Right. And I was like, please tell me that like people like Willa Holland and Jason Doring aren't like on other projects and don't want to yeah. come back to this. Yeah. So I was relieved when not only did they come back and do a phenomenal job. Yeah. But, the, biggest, um, uh, the biggest shocker was Hayden Pattenier. 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was that was, only... that was unfortunate. Yeah. That was unfortunate. I think she's way too cool for us now. <laughs> well, apparently yeah. from her words, somebody I think Messenger on like was it Twitter or, yeah, or it was Twitter. YouTube or something. Instagram and or something. Her. And they asked her and she said she never received like a phone call from Yeah, she never got from anybody. <gasps> oh no. Okay, sorry. I retract what I said. I thought she... that she had moved on. No. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, that not, that's a shame. Not clear. I mean, yeah. we don't we don't have the, we don't have the full story, but yeah, it's she was great in Until Dawn, so we know that she does video yeah. game mm-hmm. stuff. She does do video games, but oh, what a oh, shame! Because well. I I'll, I'll uh, miss her. listen, I've been a Kyrie stan since day one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there. I yeah. will say, just completely off topic, I, in 2009, I did with my own eyes see Hayden Panettiere. She was really. At, she was at grad night in Florida in uh, Disney Hollywood Studios, oh and my God. I I stood out there so long just so I could see Hayden Panettiere, oh and there she is, way off there in the distance, very tiny. She's not a very tall woman, very beautiful. Oh my God, Aww. she's a model. It's Kyrie. Hi, it's Kyrie. Kyrie. Bye, Kyrie. She was, she was <laughs> on literally for like. 15 seconds she walked out on stage uh, announced Katy Perry and then went back oh, this oh was my also God. I, I did also see Katy Perry but this was hot and cold and I kissed a girl and I liked a Katy Perry this Yo, was before this was Teenage like Dream OG so not that interested OG Katy Perry yep. Wait, very, so very was OG Katy Perry was here in, in Heroes at that time or I think so. Was it that that sounds frame? right because I remember it was sort of the same era as Lost, and I was watching Lost yeah. because of Dominic Monaghan from Lord of the Rings. So nice. that sounds about okay. About yeah. the right era, yeah. And then, yeah, I want to get it from now. I want to hear from Papa Churro. How Papa do you Churro! feel? How do you feel the about the Kingdom Hearts series? You know, how'd you feel about it back then in 2009? And how has it changed for you now that we're in 2019? Now that we've already played Kingdom Hearts 3, now that we've gotten the secret ending and all of that, and we got Unchained Key now for ongoing stuff, how do you feel about how the series was back then versus now, Churro? I mean, well, around 2009, you know, it was when, you know, Days was releasing. So here we got like, a look at Roxas's, you know, time in the organization, you know, yeah. to me. And then coming around the bend was Birth by Sleep 2010 and then Recoded 2011. You know, here Nomura was doing his, you know, annual Kingdom Hearts releases. And to me, it was, it was such an exciting time back then. It was, mm-hmm. you know, every year you had a Kingdom Hearts, you know, to look forward to. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's not Kingdom Hearts 3, but it's a Kingdom Hearts. It's, it's something. Yeah. It's yeah. something. You know, Nomura, you know, we all, I understood back then what Nomura was trying to do. Nomura was trying to, you know, like you said, just create a saga. In order to create a saga, you need to create backstory. You need to create side yeah. stories to develop Side these story, yep. So, you know, I, you know, all, you know, automatically took into liking for all this. Like, I understood what he was trying to do. You know, I had no problems with it. I, you know, enjoyed getting all these, you know, characters introducing all these new characters and stories, you know, just so that it could connect to the big finale, which was Kingdom Hearts 3. Mm-hmm. You know, and then here, Kingdom Hearts 3 is out, you know, now it's like, it's just so, you know, weird to play Kingdom Hearts 3 and then look back and it's like, oh, everything, yeah, everything connects now. Mm-hmm. You know, Nomura, I see you. I see you, Nomura. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, with Kingdom Hearts 3 being released, you know, Unfortunately for me, 
I had to deal with the leaks. So yeah, that was I rough. was spoiled of Kingdom Hearts three before I, I even got to play. So yeah, <sighs> that's so rough. So I had to like, I did it just did it. I did it for the sake of the community, make sure nobody was getting leaked, you know, spoiled by the leaks. And so I, you know, I was just I was up there in the front lines, just making sure you know nothing was getting too crazy and uh it, you know it's it's just it's just it's a disappointing in a sense because you know how long i've waited for this yeah yeah in the, in the circumstances hard. that came about it but in the yeah. end i still enjoyed it i still enjoyed yeah it. Good. good good I'm glad uh, which also, means it was a good game yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean it, and the funny thing is is that like my copy came in i think two days before release so it's a 27 that's cool yeah so, nice. but the funny thing is i didn't play it I I didn't even play it till like three days after I got it because I still wow. couldn't believe I had it. Oh That's wow! Crazy. It was like this it, isn't real. This must be it, a fake it, box. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't open the box until like the next day, and then when wow. I opened the, the the actual packaging box, you know, there it is, the game. But I didn't open the game till like you know two days later because I just I yeah. just kept going back and forth saying, "Is it really there?" And it's like it took yeah. me a while. And you know, but when I popped it in my PS my uh, PS4, I was just like, "It's go time." <laughs> yep. Let's I will. I will say here. one one thing related to leaks going uh, forward, at least for the short term, is they will be a lot less likely as what we're dealing with going forward is going to be DLC, and usually mm-hmm. downloadable stuff has to be sanctioned and can't be accidentally stolen from a truck. Yeah. That was or a warehouse, or a warehouse. Yeah, so that's that's probably we're probably going to be okay for the DLC coming up. And I guess the only people we need to worry about leaking us information is Square Enix themselves with their spoilery trailers. But that's that's a yeah. topic for another day. Well, I mean, I think they're so, also I guess, looking yeah. forward to pushing everything to digital eventually, right? With all. Yeah, which please, please yeah. do so. I want. I mean, it's still a collector's I, edition, I, but you know. That's, I'm that's... I'm fine with the all digital future. I don't need <laughs> it. So anyway, uh, moving on to the next question in the list. The next question is going to be: How do you feel about the community in 2009? How it was in 2009? How things worked back then versus how they work now? I'd say you know back then you know we didn't really i mean social media was a thing but it wasn't as much of a thing and we were still very much in the you know find a forum join a community talk to your friends make Mm -hmm. friends there you know add your friend on skype you know Mm -hmm. discord wasn't a thing uh how do you feel about how the communities changed you know between 2009 and now and i think you know what Let's do this in reverse order. Let's start with Churro, Papa Churro. Such a a big part of the community, Mr. Churro. So I want to hear what you think about what the, how did you feel about the community back in 2009? And then I want to hear how you feel about how it's grown over the past few years. And what do you feel about it now? I mean, Kingdom Hearts community back then, you know, it was, it was still growing, you know, it was, you know, a lot of, I've, talk to a lot of people and a lot of people either tell me a kingdom Hearts 2 was their first game or 358 over two days was their first game so basically yeah. this was a time where people were just like getting into kingdom hearts yeah you know so 
you know, it's such, like I said, you know, those, this was a time where, like I, like I said earlier, that Nomura was doing his annual Kingdom Hearts release. So basically, you know, this was like a perfect time to get into Kingdom Hearts because every year you had a Kingdom Hearts title. So a lot of people were coming in into forums, you know, whether it's, you know, Cage 13, K, um, Cage Insider, or even general boards like uh, Game Facts. So a lot of people. Cage Insider! <laughs> Gotta gotta represent. Represent. But um, but um, yeah. But it, it, everybody, everybody was coming together. Everybody was just like there for each other. So there, and then if people had questions about, you know, about something in Kingdom Hearts, the older Kingdom Hearts games, you know, people were always there to help each other. It, it was such you know a great time to be in because here we are. We're all waiting to see what the mm-hmm. next Kingdom Hearts was going to be, and if it was going to be Kingdom Hearts three or not. Now, fast forward yeah. to now, it's eh, honestly it's ch- it's changed in a way that even more people are getting to Kingdom Hearts now. It's like like Brandon mentioned social media. You know, here I've been like when Kingdom Hearts three was about to be released, I've been seeing a lot of like celebrities, like uh, actors, yeah, mm-hmm. musicians coming out and saying, tweeting out, oh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is about the release, or release day came, they were tweeting out um, videos of them picking up their copy on Instagram <sighs> or Twitter, and it's like, just yeah. to see such, you know, a huge turnaround of that, you know, new people finally coming out of, you know, the shadows and saying, oh, I love Kingdom Hearts, you know, I have Kingdom Hearts 3 in my hands, you know, it's, it, 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 it made me so happy to see people of all ages so great that everybody else is coming together for this awesome so yeah i guess yeah moving on from there sabby how has the community changed for you over these Um, past few years so i technically joined the kingdom hearts community about 2007 and i joined a forum and Mm -hmm. um it really just kickstarted because i think it was right after like after uh kingdom hearts 2 i was like super excited and happy like i'm like oh my god what's gonna happen next and like i need people to talk to and like i was in grade seven when kingdom hearts 2 came out and no one i knew wanted to play it so i was like all right i guess i'm gonna resort to the internet and find people to talk to this alone right yeah exactly (laughs) and i i literally deep dived in like i submerged my entire being into the community and yeah it was crazy it was back when like forums had like 200 plus people active on a day like talking yeah. doing different things like because that, that was the that was the only place to be if you yeah. want to talk the golden about Kingdom age Hearts today. Yeah. after school yep. you're like i'm done school go home 4 p.m i'm gonna go online Forum time yeah and you're up and talking to people to like it's such a uh, yeah. 2000s vintage thing to say isn't yeah, it? <laughs> it is it really is and i loved it msn was like the highlight of my life and it was great and you know people making signatures people making avatars like it's just evolved yes, since then. that was actually how i like got to know a lot of people was oh, yeah. through making signatures oh nice yeah i had that, to that people was, to do it for best. me it was so bad for me because i made really <laughs> oh my god ones. everything was so sparkly <laughs> so many bevels <laughs> oh my god gifts just everywhere and like your name had to just yep. be popping each time and then it was nuts but i appreciated the community i met a lot of people and like I met Churro, I don't even know how. Like I don't even remember how we met. Like it was just so random. It was just like it became 
people just knew other people from different forums. Yeah. Which was crazy for one thing. And it was cool too, because like yeah. everybody would be on one forum, like one site, and then they would jump into another site's forum, you know, say, hey, I'm from such and such. And everybody's like, oh, hey. Yeah, it was nuts. Like, it was really, really cool to meet other people. And like, Churro was actually kind of like that beacon of light type of thing. There's like, you just knew who he was, but you didn't really know him as a person. Like, you're like, we know who you are but we like don't know you type of thing and then it just worked out in the end like i met the love of my life through it and like he and i are still oh. going strong we're like almost six years in and he and i both play kingdom hearts at like like kingdom hearts 3 like we just had a thing where like we're gonna start playing this game but we're not gonna say anything to each other because we can't spoil yep. each other and we can't we can't like go at like i went ahead because I won't lie, he was kind of bad at the beginning of the game, but um, <laughs> I like I progressed a little further. He's like, you need to stop. I was like, okay, I'm going to bed because I have school. But um, coming into the community now, like leading up to it, it's just been, yeah, like how Chiro said, it's just been growing. A lot of people have been more interested. I mean, I got, like I used to work at EB Games GameStop and a lot of people were like, I want to start the series. Like, where do I start? And thank God for them putting it on PS4, especially like 1.5 2.5 and i'm like yeah. mm -hmm. don't worry just buy this it's not that expensive and it's a single it's six, disc like, or it's six rather games. a single box yeah it's six games go nuts and it's like okay great cool and two of them are movies super easy exactly go. and yeah. it was nice because i got different ranges of like demographics so i had like young kids come in and they're like i really like disney but i don't know what to play there's not that many like games i can play and I was like, well, do I have the game for you? And then, like, I show it yeah. to them. And they're like, oh, my yeah. God, really? And then, like, there's people coming in and being like, I'm waiting for Kingdom Hearts 3. When's it coming out? And I was like, January 29th. And then they're like, really? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. And they're like, see you back on the 29th. <laughs> um, oh, like, crazy so stuff exciting. like that. So it was it was great. Like, it really kickstarted a lot of, like, different things for me. So I'm very happy yeah. for what it's done. And, yeah, like, it's now kind of, like... I think we're all still like I still at that part where we're like, where does life go on from now? <laughs> because yeah. we're all kind of like we waited so long for this, we held on to this. Like, it's coming out, it's coming out, it's out, and then you're like, all right, now I gotta move on with life. I gotta, you know, we're still yeah. aging. <laughs> like, we're, like, you yeah. completely nailed it. Yeah. I was gonna say something like that earlier, where it's like there were so many um, people who were in grave danger going into this game that were saved mm -hmm. in this game yeah. that I can't yeah. even relate to how I felt a year ago wh where it was like 10 years of anxiety over the birth by right. sleep trio things yeah. like that and now to oh, know man. that they're okay they're safe they're happy like it's it's such a change mm -hmm. absolutely <laughs> yeah so much so yeah I guess that let's move on to you Lauren how do you feel the community how do you feel about the community, how it was back then in 2009 and how it's evolved over the years with social media? And I, I think maybe another thing you can touch on a little bit more is maybe how cons have changed. Like, how has that yeah. gone? Oh, that's actually a really good jumping off point because um, I was very similar to you guys where I was on a lot of forums in the um, mid to late 2000s. I joined KHI in... 2004 um it was actually to find out how to get back to the top of hollow bastion because i had jumped all the way down to use the library <laughs> save point and i and i thought the uh lift stops were broken it turns out that you can still interact with them they're just not lit up anymore um but that was how i ended up on a forum um 
And yeah, back then it was it was wild because Kingdom Hearts 2 led to so many people who were kind of in their late high school and early college years who were really into Organization 13, like really into Organization <laughs> 13. Everywhere you went at a con, um, and I have to admit my first con was in 2007, so I was, it was on the later side, but like 2008, 2009, you still had some of the people doing giant organization groups and, you know, everyone yelling about their ships and, you know, it was the perfect late teenage, early adulthood kind of frat boy uh, group to do, like, plus Larxene and Xion, of course. Um, and so it was, it was really funny kind of to watch that reach its peak and then slowly fizzle out over time because, um, I feel like after two hit its, um, its heyday, some of the people really took in the narrative that the other games that were coming out were side games and not like main installments. So I would say probably a good three quarters of the fandom that would be representing Kingdom Hearts at cons sort of fell off. Um, and they came back later. Um, but like the community back then was like, you sort of had to have a lot of um, suspension of disbelief and kind of a childlike innocence with like really liking these themes of like friendship and love and, you know, connecting with people in, in different places that like you sort of had to hold on to through your early adulthood or it probably wasn't going to continue to be the game for you. Um, and so watching the community sort of, it got a little quiet for a while there. And then slowly as Kingdom Hearts 3 started materializing as a thing that might actually come out, um, it came out as a lot of people's kind of secret old nostalgic thing that they loved and that they were still very invested in and they'd be like all right what do i need to play to catch up because i'm a little behind and other people would pop up and be like this is what you need to do and um there was a there was an air of gatekeeping that i think people sort of caught from people saying just so you know you gotta you gotta catch up a little bit or you're gonna be really confused but it wasn't gatekeeping so much as people were excited that people might have the opportunity to experience the the mad I know that sounds really cheesy, but the magic that Kingdom Hearts has, and they were like, we just want to make sure none of it is lost on you. Like, we mm -hmm. really want you to get to kind of join us in this in this fun corner of the gaming community. Um, so you saw a lot of people be really genuine and helpful, and um, the, the themes sort of came back out in the last year as, like, everyone was so excited for this to come out. And um, I always kind of wonder what it's like for an outsider who has never seen or played a Kingdom Hearts game to have watched the lead up to this game. It must have been kind of wild to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And I would hope in a good way where they're like, wow, these people are so passionate about this and not in a freaky fan way, but in like a <laughs> genuinely childlike excitement way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, and I know all of my friend groups had such a great time with it. Some people who I had never known were into Kingdom Hearts kind of came out of the woodwork to to say that they were excited to see the, the finale yeah. and asked a couple That's questions. Awesome. And, yeah, it was, it's been so much fun. That's great. So, yeah, I guess moving on from there, I want to move on to the, the next question, which is what – is your favorite memory of the show. And I think I actually want to start it off here because it's kind of going off of something uh, you were saying, Lauren, about the crazy excitement because 
I would say a lot of my favorite memories of the show come from us being, you know, me and Churro at E3 2015. There's just so much from that event that I will always cherish. And yeah. I think Aww. a lot of that crazy excitement that we had, I think that that to me, like that E3 specifically, like being out there waiting for the show to open up, but then being in a big group of Kingdom Hearts fans, we were all watching on my tablet the Square Enix pre- presentation. Yeah. And us seeing the E3 2015 trailer and just going ballistic and everybody, everybody turning their heads looking at us like what are you doing what are you what is watching? happening and it's just like oh my god the Kingdom Hearts 3 oh my god they're sorry you look so good that's the new design oh my god and all that and oh, la- that was later such a good year that was such a good year and then you know later going into the the show floor and you know during the square enix presents where uh tabata and namora coming out me and churro being plastered right up front and center oh, yeah, on, the on the glass live stream for that. we were people was... were messaging us that they saw us on the live stream and then <laughs> us just screaming like crazy like that whole day that booth was filled with so many incredible minds at Square Enix, you had Yoko Taro, you had all these, di- <sighs> you know, Yoshi P, all these different big things, but no one com, one no one presentation drew as many people to the glass as was with Kingdom Hearts. No yes. one, yeah. not even one. And that was, and the reason why that was pretty much the, I think it was pretty much the only time they actually turned the camera forward to show what the crowd was, was because that was the time that there was a crowd. And there, there we were, you know, you and me, Charo, we were there just screaming our brains out. <laughs> and because of, you know, our enthusiasm, that actually uh, was one of the reasons why uh, Namora actually took notice of us. And we actually got uh, to interview Namora at that <sighs> E3. That's amazing. Nice. Oh, just I that. That, that experience, you know, and just casually meeting Tayosue just randomly that E3. I would say definitely... Like that, because of the show and going there, that was definitely one of my bigger, you know, memories of the show that I just, I'll never forget that whole event. But, you know, bringing it back from an event memory, I want to talk about a little smaller memory that I have that is of just the show. And I don't remember which year it was, but there was one year where we didn't know if we had to record another episode for christmas (laughs) we always take the break around christmas so then we we just decided to get together me churro and sabby and we're like you know what we're just gonna do a christmas podcast yeah and then i did my santa voice and it was just like just a really cool chill podcast where it's like we don't know if we need to record another episode so whatever we're recording another episode oh yeah that's right i remember and Lauren was just like, why did you make this? Like, I don't know. Here, just have it. Let's just have it. Merry I think Christmas. it was probably w- weird because we're on Patreon and maybe that costs people money. I don't know. Whatever. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we made another podcast. Was- it was just an extra episode. And that's just one of my favorite episodes because it was just really simple. I remember I put in special Christmas music instead of the regular opening music. And I did my, my hello. Oh, dear God. It's Santa voice. That's that's, that's my Santa. I always bring him out every now and then, and 
Yeah, I would say in terms of like an episode, I know it's like really random, but that's one of my favorites. I, I guess that's other a good than one. that, th- th- there was an episode where I read a bunch of fan fiction all, all by myself and had oh a cold. Oh my god! And it was, dramatic it was reading. Dramatic reading of fan yeah. fiction because I was alone. It was it was really weird, <laughs> but it was it was great. Lauren, have you heard his voices? Like, oh I yeah, have. I do. I, I have just, indeed. It's it's really good. I do good. too many voices. Amazing. <laughs> do, yeah, I'm I so do. glad. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I do way too many. So I guess. I, I guess from here, I actually do want to go back to you, Lauren, since in terms of memories of the show, you literally have the, the oldest one of the show. So <laughs> I've they, been on it the shortest, technically, but I have yeah, been here the longest. <laughs> yes, there there is no human on this planet that can say they have a memory of the show earlier than you. So therefore, that, that is very true. There. Um. I think one of my favorite memories of just in general of doing the podcast mm-hmm. was being in the role of being the person who gets to ask everybody else how they're feeling about certain yeah. things was actually kind of nice. Like, it wasn't that you had to be sitting there thinking of an answer kind of interview style. It was mm-hmm. that you got to react to other people's feelings and get them to keep going about something that they're passionate about. And there's something about getting to sort of help other people along in the host role that I really, yeah. really enjoyed. So that was sort of my favorite thing about transitioning to being a host. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the, my other favorite memories was uh, the only two kind of voice actor interview uh episodes that I got to do were with the guy who plays Xehanort. Um, yeah. Back then, it was the only Xehanort we knew, which was just the Billy Zane replacement, Richard Epcar. Yeah. And with uh, Quentin Flynn, who mm-hmm. plays Axel. Yeah. And they were both so cool. I actually am friends with Richard Epcar. He was the one of the first voice actors I ever interviewed when we were first starting the FXM podcast. Yeah. And he was the kind of guy who will, like, give you his number, and you can, like, text him at the next <laughs> event you're both at. And oh, that's hang awesome. Hang out him so he's actually a super cool guy he's like a he's like a dad he's awesome yeah um and the best thing about both of those times was that so my brother is 10 years younger than me i was 10 when he was born um and when we played the first kingdom hearts uh i played it in 2004 even though i have been aware of it in 2002 um it took that long to get a ps2 in my house and so he was four when i was playing kingdom hearts the first time and he came into the store with me to pick up our copy of kingdom hearts 2 in 2006 when he was six because it was born in the year 2000 and so we grew up playing the games together and at the times that we were doing the interviews i want to say it was like 2009 and 2010 were the years we did it and both times i didn't tell him what i was doing but i said "Hey, hey come in here I've got someone who wants to talk to you. And I put the headphones over his head and both guys, bless their hearts, Richard and Quentin both talked to him as if they were the character. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. It was so cute. He was probably eight to ten years old at the time. And he was, you know, when you're eight to ten, you're aware that like fictional characters are fictional, but it blew his mind to hear the yeah. voices of his favorite characters coming out of his headphones and talking right <laughs> to him. Yeah. So it was such a it was such a special memory. I I remember distinctly that Richard really had a good time with him. He's like, <laughs> "Are you scared, Matthew?" <laughs> like, and, he was, and he was like eight. He pulled off the headphones and threw them back. Oh at my me, gosh! Like, oh no! no. I'm scared. <laughs> 
that's amazing. So yeah, oh, it's so good. Um, and you know, obviously, getting to hang out with your friends and talk about Kingdom Hearts when that's what you do anyway is a yeah is a good memory every time. So yeah, that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, so I guess moving on from here, Sabby, I want to hear what your favorite memory of the show is. Um, so when I first started listening to this podcast, it was actually when Lauren was on, and yeah. it was like really cool that like all you guys were all talking and then Kyle was like the only one from Canada and I was like I can relate I'm Canadian like <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like super hey, enjoyable hello Canada friend yeah um, it was super enjoyable and like I that's how I got into a bit more podcasting and whatnot. Um, I would probably say like one of my favorites was probably like the first one that I was on I was really shy mm-hmm. I was really nervous like <laughs> it was like me and you both oh, was it was it both of us no, it was it was a. Uh, I think you were on you it. Came on, I think about probably about five or s- maybe like ten episodes after I joined. Yeah, and because because I joined around episode twenty. I think episode twenty was my first episode. Was it? Was it that long? Oh my gosh! Okay, like I I have no concept of time. I yeah. thought I started much later, but um. I think you did. I just I just can't remember yeah. anymore. And <laughs> yeah, it was like the first episode. I was really nervous. I was really shy. Like. I think I only spoke into like Brandon like just through messaging <laughs> beforehand. Yeah. I was, like, prior to that, that I was, was like, all... oh, I don't like I don't know how to these people. I don't know what to say. Like I don't know how to act. And then like it was fine afterwards. It was fun and like I had a good time. And then I think like the Kingdom Hearts three one with me and Brandon, like right oh, after yeah. we finished it was probably one. one of my favorites because we were just like we just like lost our minds at that point. Yeah, like we were kind of mush, which was hilarious, and yeah, and uh, Brandon's like <laughs> just like rants and rages. Yes, we're just like the highlight of the episode because it's like I feel everything you're saying because I can't personally say all these feelings right now, but you're like yeah. putting it all right in there. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that was when I I debuted my crazy idea that look, this is all. Tetsuya Nomura's revenge. Yeah, it's, it's, it's angry. so meta. He's... This whole game is revenge. Look at all the things that are actually just revenge. But he I love was, it. But no, Brandon. He's, no. he's so bitter. <laughs> he was so. I love it. Good. He even said it. He said it in that interview. I'm gonna use my anger and I'm gonna put it into this game, and I believe him. He's a petty dude. <laughs> I believe and it. It's the best. Yeah. So those were my favorite moments. And I will then, fight yeah. him in hand to hand combat. Will you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. And then, he's, he's yeah, great. meeting Churro at New, oh. New York oh. and Lauren in New York. Yeah. That was also a really fun encounter, too, because you, yes! you guys all knew each other. And I was like, I kind of know you people, but I don't. And oh, don't come- worry. I'd only literally <laughs> met Churro like two weeks before. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was just so fun to see Lauren again and then meet Sabby. It's like, like I'm standing outside. I'm like waiting for Sabby. Oh, yeah, I was in Uber. Like a tap on the shoulder. It's like tap on her shoulder, turn around. You're so, you're so easy. You're so easy. Sabby, to spot. I didn't take a picture with you. I'm the worst. It's okay. We'll yeah. find each other in Ocean City now. We're just gonna. Yes, we will. It'll be. It'll be great. Yeah. Also, so. like churro, not even to like mince words, but like the fact that you brought me to E3 2017, and like the others that I couldn't make it to because it's hard to fly across the country. But thanks for like making my life, dude. Oh, yeah, you're the you're best. Welcome. Man. I mean. I mean, you guys, you guys, you know, put a lot of work into the, into the stuff you guys did. Sabby with Cage Vids, lowering you with yeah. the podcast. You know, I felt that you guys needed your dues paid, 
and I, I cast that check for you guys. <laughs> I'm gonna cry. Aww. You're such a sweetheart. That's that was a life changing experience. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. yeah so I'd churro. Love- yeah. I want to hear from you. What is your favorite memory of the show? All these ten, I got, ten years. I got, I got two. Is that okay? The first one is basically like mirroring what you said, E3 2015, mm-hmm. because you know, this is like our first Kingdom Hearts trailer since you know the, yeah. the announcement trailer in 2013. So you know, and this is where they actually was, you know, because they switched engines. So like we were just yeah. like concerned of we how the game's going to look for real. Like. Got to yeah. see it for real, you know. We were going ballistic, you know. Even before we got in, we were into the show floor, you know, and and then just seeing the trailer play on the big giant screen. Then you had the Square Enix presents booth, you know. We were looking at the schedule to see, you know, when was Nomura coming on, and then, you know, stopping Tayasui from going to the bathroom because <laughs> yeah, to- that was funny. He wanted to uh, say hi to him, you know, and, and thank him for, you know, releasing this trailer. And then, you know, then the actual, you know, presentation of Kingdom Hearts 3 with, you know, it's, it's funny too, because in 2012, I believe, when Nomura was doing it for the 10th anniversary as well as uh, Dream Drop Distance releasing. Yeah. The funny thing is, is that when he did his first presentation with uh, Kingdom Hearts, he was so shy that he actually requested a curtain be placed in front of the glass yep. so nobody could yep. see him through it. Oh, so wow. for Nomura, you know, three years later, going from, you know, curtain to no curtain with a huge mob of Kingdom Hearts fans there to see yeah. him talk we about it. We gave him a hell just, of a welcome. Yes, just a hell of a welcome showing how enthusiastic we are for Kingdom Hearts 3. We've been waiting for this for a long time and he got to see firsthand you know what the energy we felt seeing it yeah and then and then just important you know like you said and then having a you know square enix employee come up to me when i was like randomly just just i'll just loitering around the booth and he was all like dude um i might get you in to see Nomura. with that is that okay i was like yeah so he's all like uh but <laughs> wow. we, we could only we could only like limit the room to x amount of people so get them out get the people that you want you know that you can think of Aww, that would want to do this that's so cool so i just text massive message anybody i could think of you know brandon was one of them cage insider um mm-hmm. project i think was, was was project society there yeah ah uh, yeah. yeah i think they were and then uh disney examiner was there as well so i yep. texted all those guys or messaged them and then we i like, said i think this was like the, what the last day of e3 or the second yeah, day? Yeah, last day at E3. We were there till past close. Yes, because like, they were like, okay, uh, last day of E3, like, oh, like, it closed at 5, so we're like 4.30, meet at the booth. And everybody's like, why? Like, just do it. <laughs> yeah. So then, yeah, we took, we, we came in, you know, and it just, and then just being, it's just covering that entire, like, you know, that, that tiny that little That event room. was the best. Yeah, it was just, just it covering It was really it. hot. Oh my God. Really hot. So There's hot. no AC in it. <laughs> And then, and then Brendan coming to our like, like at the time where we had this giant Airbnb with like, that was fitting like nine people in there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember so, this. Like, yeah. So the quintessentially three Airbnb. Yeah. Yes. So me and Brendan and uh, was it Logan? Yeah. All, that was like, through just, 2016. Oh, 2016. That was 2016. Okay. 
They're good memories. Okay. They're, they're all good, good memories. memories. Okay, I think I got it mixed up, but yeah, we were just we were just covering the podcast. Like, was it was it like after you flew back, we had to cover it? Yeah, yeah, right, like right after. It was yeah, pretty rough, I but think so. we did manage it. Yeah, I so, remember the messages um, you guys sent too. It was like, guys, I'm oh like, what's going on? And he was just freaking out. I'm like, all right, cool. It was just like one thing after the other. Oh, we met Sayasue. Oh, there's Tetsuya Nomura. Oh, my God. We just stood in front of them. We saw them with our eyes through glass. And like, oh, my God, we're going to interview them. Yeah, what? That was like yeah. pretty much all the messages I was getting sent. And I was like, oh, my God, guys, I yeah. see you on the stream. And like, I was at home, like, watching it. Ah, in the comfort. That's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, that was oh. the best. The, that, was, that was, I think that was like my career E3 highlight. Yeah, sure. I would. I would agree too. I, I totally agree. And the so second one, we, yeah, no, just second one. Real quick, the second one was when Brandon couldn't host that uh, the show. Oh my oh, god, yeah. episode! So I had to be the host, and Sammy was like my co-host. <laughs> it was, and we recorded an entire episode. It was like over an hour. Yeah, we yeah. did it. Like, and then Brandon, and then what? Ha- what happens? Maybe did we like not like save it or something? No, we or Brandon saved did not it. use it. No, no I, Brandon I, just I, used I, it. I forgot. I forgot to upload it, but then later I added it on to the end of a podcast. So don't worry, yeah. it got used. Which one was it? I yeah, need to find like, it now. I need to yeah, hear it. Basically, we were we were so sad because we we're like like I had to come out of like like I'm not I'm not a, I'm not like a bored talker like Brandon. Yeah, or you Lauren are. I'm more of like a I'm more of a color commentator than a play by play. So it's like mm-hmm. for me to do something like that is like way out of my comfort zone. It was but hilarious. I did. Yeah. We had so, so much fun. The extrovert versus introvert energy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I was just like so nervous, and then like only only to have Brendan tell us that oh I didn't upload it. We're just like what? what? Yeah, so we were like what? We were so I uploaded it later. We were super. Yeah, I uploaded it later. Yeah, that's yeah. so funny. Oh my god! I, I think the that. problem was that I I had assumed that you guys didn't record it, so I recorded my own thing by myself and yeah, uploaded and that. Uploaded but then that I was one. like, "Oh, you did it!" Yeah, like like because because we messaged you and you didn't message us back yeah. to like yeah. after you recorded your own version of it. Well, crazy! I forgot. Mm-hmm. I that's why like, that's why it's a good memory. That's hilarious. It's like, yeah, it's like I took the reins and oh, it was for nothing. It was hilarious yeah. though. We like we yeah. were trying so hard, and we were like laughing throughout half of it. Dude, I, yeah. I was nervous. We were laughing. We were just like, "What are we doing?" I, was like, yeah. I have yeah. also skills, but yeah, like yeah. no, it was so funny. Also, I'm just gonna cut in with a very small E3 memory since we didn't do yeah. anything to do with the podcast, but just because E3 memories. Yeah. Um, we all went out for Mexican food on the second day of the actual E3, like, floor show. And yeah. um, we kind of hung out there for a while. There wasn't really much happening. We had we had all played the things we wanted to play. Um, but we saw on Twitter that the guys from Final Fantasy XV, Lava, like Robbie Damon, yeah. Max Millen, and Ray Chase were on the floor somewhere. So yeah. we all kind of started wandering back to the convention center. And once we got inside... We all sort of split up, like, all right, let's, like, split up and see, you know, kind of what we want to do next, but also let each other know if we see any of them. As yeah. soon as I walked into the main hall where the square booth was, I could see the back of Ray's head, like, heading in one direction. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, I found them, like, two seconds after we walked back in. Um, and I managed to grab a selfie with them and talk to them for a couple minutes. And it took a little while for everybody to catch up with each other. But in the end, we all ended up getting to hang out with them for, like, a half hour. That's so, so that cool. cool. That's so awesome. Yeah. 
while the like new Kingdom Hearts three trailer of twenty seventeen, which was the one that came out at the orchestra. Yeah. yeah. Um the first year of the orchestra, that was playing over the over the giant screens. So, so that was cool. pretty cool. So I guess moving from there, let's move on to the, the big the big question. The the big one. How has your life oh my changed? God. Because of the show or since the show since you've been on the show, how has it changed because of being a part of the show? And uh, let's see, who can we start with first? <laughs> he loves this power. Let's start with our good old Sabby. I knew it. I know your your life has been changing a lot recently. Yeah, and you're doing big stuff like. <laughs> Oh, I'm yeah, so I don't think jelly. I said it on this podcast yet. Yeah. Um, Did we? No. Like, I haven't Go for it. been on in a while. Um, yeah, so pretty much after Kingdom Hearts 3 released, I decided to had to finish school because I was finishing my master's. And I landed a job at Ubisoft as a dev tester. Yay. And I worked wow. on Watch Dogs Legion. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so awesome. I put the podcast on my resume. <laughs> yeah. It's on my LinkedIn. Awesome. Oh, you you got it. Yeah, so I did and like a lot of people asked me that and I did a bunch of things between then that involved like video games and whatnot. Like I was a teaching yeah. assistant for a rhetoric and media class, but I was making I was trying to be the coolest TA ever and I was like, mm-hmm. guys, like we're doing a podcast assignment and like they're like <laughs> Oh really? I'm like, yeah. Like it's like, don't worry, no big deal. Like I ran a couple podcasts, I run one right now, type of thing, and was like, here, this is what we do. Oh yeah, Brandon, I showed, I showed them one of, one of our breakdowns. Oh yeah. I was like, it does not have to be like this because we have a lot of yeah. information on here, but you want to have like a script to kind of like help you out and whatnot. So that taught oh, me stuff great. to actually teach to students, which was. Yeah, Great, because I have big imposter syndrome. But yeah, like Kingdom Hearts as a whole got me into the gaming community, and then mm-hmm. being in the Kingdom Hearts community just allowed me to grow and kind of like learn. And I was still into video games as I was in university, and it went into research, it went into like design, it went into like everything. So they got me to and now, where and I now am. it's like you're not just in the gaming community you're also in the gaming industry yeah it's just like oh, it's, it's, crazy. it's surreal it feels like yeah i like i have no idea like after Kingdom Hearts, i was like i don't know what's going on and then it's like okay yeah you be something like okay i don't know what's going on either but sure i'll just <laughs> I'll, I'll chill here i'll test out some games i'll write bugs and reports and stuff like that and yeah, now you I know, get to uh, serve you I think, you video the, I think games. the theme of it all is that, you know, you just gotta go with the flow and everything yeah. just, like, seems to turn out right. It works out. Yeah. Oh, also, and also, I did a live stream for Xbox for Kingdom Hearts 3. Nice. And yeah! Yeah. That's amazing! Um, so, they have this thing here in Canada where they have, like, um, like, reps for the, like, stores and branding and stuff like that. So, yeah. one... He, I know him when I worked at EB and he was starting like streaming on Mixer and stuff and he did more educational stuff so kind of like talking about new game content and how that works so we so bless them because they knew nothing about Kingdom Hearts and I was just the only one there trying to explain everything they're like so who's this and who's that and I was like I could explain oh, this to you oh yeah when you gotta yeah. be the Kingdom Hearts scholar 
I had yeah. to take the controller at one point too, and I was like, it's like, don't worry, like, I know you're going <laughs> to give this. me the controller, but like, just give it to me, just give it to me right now. Like, don't I'll worry, do it now. I'm, a, I'm a professional. Yeah. Let's Step not aside. waste any time. Exactly. And we got to Toy Story, and everyone was happy, and we're like, okay, good. Yeah. That's so, great. So I'm things. an expert in mashing X. Exactly. Exactly. I can dodge things very well. <laughs> yes. But yes, that's how that's it awesome. kind of really changed my life, and it's crazy. Yeah, Super that's crazy. awesome. All right, so I guess next I want to hear from you, Lauren. How has your life changed? I'm I'm assuming <laughs> since a lot of time has passed, a lot has changed. So how how much has you know? In what ways has your life changed since the podcast? And is is there anything that the podcast you know having the that experience has that helped you in any way in your pursuits? yeah. The, so the podcast in itself was crazy because it was sort of just a side effect of the fact that I had found the Kingdom Hearts Insider forums and, yeah. um, you know, spent enough time on there that I was doing some site work for them. And one day they were like, hey, we've got this like other podcast uh that is based on Final Fantasy that wants to do an episode on the crossover with Kingdom Hearts. Would you mind being our rep for it? And I was like, cool, sure. And podcasting ended up being like, a favorite medium of mine and I feel like we all were sort of into it sort of five years before it took off in the mainstream. Yeah. It's like not that we were doing podcasting before it was cool. That's not what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But it was more like it was sort of before it was a universal term. People were like, yeah. Oh, what's a podcast? And you're like, eh, it's sort of like a radio host show. It's just you get it on iTunes instead of on anything else. And um the thing about getting to do a podcast on Kingdom Hearts is that Kingdom Hearts is such a universal favorite because of how many of us grew up with kind of adventure games combined with the Disney Renaissance and mm-hmm. Disney childhoods, Disney Channel, every Disney thing that we we grew up liking. At least if you were in the age group when the games first came out. And yeah. um that sort of made it an easy connection point to a lot of people because it wasn't a very niche game. It, I feel like everybody sort of knows what Kingdom Hearts is, even if they haven't necessarily played it. They yeah. understand the appeal because they know Disney and they know games and they know that it's there's got to be something to it. It's a good combination. So it sort of led to making so many new friends and meeting people through Kyle, meeting people through Daryl, um getting to have presence at cons and getting to interact with other attendees, you know, to do interviews with the attendees. And that led to meeting more people, fans of the podcast, such as Jay, who initially I became friends with because he was a fan of our podcast. And then he ended up being a host on Kingdom Hearts Union. And now it's just a very dear old friend of mine. And, um, the slow network connecting of all of us knowing each other through this one thing that we like to the point of meeting you guys and meeting Churro and Churro giving, you know, me the amazing experience of getting to come to E3 because of this silly thing I did when I was in Mm. college on the weekends. And it was just so amazing. And I feel like it, like not to be super cheesy, but it is the kingdom hearts message of, so many people connected from so far away and really caring about each other because you have to have a certain amount of love in your heart to Mm -hmm. accept the message of this game and it's led me to the best people because of it and I love all of you guys so much (laughs) this truly is a Kingdom Hearts union yes (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that was kind of a Santa and a kind of a Xehanort yeah. at the same time. It was Santa Xehanort, which oh is a terrifying concept. Oh my god, could you imagine <laughs> if the Xehanorts went to the Nightmare Before Christmas world and got oh Santa? Oh my god. Who apparently do not sit on Santa's lap. He, he apparently is, a bad is person. like he's apparently the canon Santa of the universe of Kingdom Hearts, so that is uh that, that's if anything like forget protecting the princesses of heart we gotta protect Santa he's the only Santa we got that's very true he's important he is so uh oh man yeah I, I can totally relate to that like so many of my really great friends I've met through you know not you know this this com, com, this series this podcast like I I man so much yeah but uh yeah churro I want to hear from you. How has your life changed, you know, through doing the show and, you know, all the things that we've gotten to do over the years, all the crazy adventures we had? How has your life changed because of the show and all that? It's been changed for, like, the better. Like, yeah, it's I'm not, you know, the the best speaker at all. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm the very shy, you know, distant person. But like. Being able to express myself on a podcast, you know, it kind of opened me up to be able to, you know, be able to talk to a lot of people more to be able to, you know, finally back then, like me, I was just like posting news after news after news. Nobody really knew how I thought about the news, you know, when I think it was Lauren, Lauren, Lauren or Daryl or both were seeking somebody from KHL to Mania who I was mm-hmm. working for at the time to do a collaboration to have like a co-host on the show. Everybody yeah. wanted me on everybody on KH Ultimedia pointing at me. So I was like, okay, let's give this a shot. So it was really nerve wracking at first, but then like after I got the use of, you know, speaking, you know, and expressing my thoughts, it just became like yeah. a natural thing. Now fast forward, you know, I've been to launch events. I've been to orchestras, um, Square Enix invited me to their offices for the 1.5, uh, no, it's 2.5, like, release day. They had a yep. little live stream. I was on there with Ariel from Cage Insider. So here we are streaming, you know, me, here's me playing Kingdom Hearts, you know, Birth by Sleep, you know, on a Square Enix stream, you know, by having that's hundreds so awesome. of people view me. You know, that's, you know, I never thought I would, you know, be able to do something like that, you know, then. Mm-hmm. Going off what um, Lauren said, the word connections, you know, yeah, was is a huge word because I got to connect with you know a lot of people, you know, from the community, from Square Enix, um, and even outside Square Enix. I've never got to, yeah, I finally got to connect with people who do merchandising. Since I tweet a lot of Kingdom Hearts merchandise, yeah. I've had wow. people, yeah. you know, email me and say, hey, you know, do you want, you know some merchandise you review it or to give away because you do a lot of giveaways and i'm like of course i would love to do it you know and um it's just forming a lot of connections with people just it just made me come out of my shell as you know the saying goes and i could never be more happier than you know i was before you know i I was just in it to to help people now it's like now i can freely express myself i can talk to people freely about this i can even talk to my co-workers at work about you know what i do and they just like you know they are happy to see me 
happy talking about this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's for sure. I can definitely agree that like before, like before I'd known you like way before the show as well, but it was definitely different before getting to talk with you so regularly through the show, you know, cause you know, kind of like you said, like a lot of times when I see this, you know, at that time, especially cause it was kind of like still social media was in its infancy. Most of the time when I see, you know, stuff you put out there, it was news. So, and news is kind of like when you write a news article, it's kind of a dry thing. Like you don't really get to inject so much of your own personality into it as much. Cause you know, you got to tell the news. You got to tell yeah, it like it, it is. It is. It's not an opinion piece. It's a news article. It, mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a news article, but you know, getting to do the show, like, you know, when we talk about the news, like the news part of it is real quick. Like we get through that pretty quickly. It's, you know, it's the discussion after where we get to, you know, really dig in and say what we feel about it that, you know, I've gotten to, you know, really get to know you, Churro and Sabby and everyone that's been on this show and really get to see what people really think about all this stuff. And, you know, it's, that, that's really great. I so say, a lot like, of us have done a lot of growing up. Yeah, yeah, no, for yeah, sure. I think. I mean, <laughs> at the very least, it's been a long time. So I hope we've grown up. Oh yeah, we yeah. I definitely want to say years. that you guys have just—I've seen you all like grow so differently from the first time I've met mm-hmm. you. And Chiro, I've seen you. Yeah. <laughs> Chiro, like I've seen yeah, like you you've... like overcome so many things, and like your confidence yeah. and everything is like amazing. And Thank you, you really like pushed through for a lot of stuff and you've brought so much to it that like honestly like if you went around like i really i like probably would have no idea how this community would have gone because you really brought a lot of people together it's so true yeah It, it, it it just started because i wanted to help people and i didn't want anything in return for it and even now I still don't want anything in return from the community. It's like, I still, I do giveaways from my own personal collection just because, you know, it's what I do. It's like, I not once have, have ever asked anything in return from the community. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, because I, it's like I said, it, it just, you know, it might sound a little cliche, but Kingdom Hearts did change my life. And without it, and I don't think, I don't think how my, I, you know, I can't sit here and just talk about the what ifs, you know, because yeah. it, 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 there's no point, you know, I got yep. to travel. Yeah. You know, I've never traveled yeah. you know, outside of, you know, California besides with my family. I never, like, I flew to Florida, for, you know, for the first time. And I flew to New York for an orchestra. Now I'm flying to Seattle in a couple of weeks for PAX. You know, so it's, awesome. it's it's been such an amazing ride. You know, you know, podcast yeah. and outside the podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I'll just say real quick. You know, uh, I've been uh, hosting the show since twenty twelve? Question mark. So it's yeah, because it, 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 yeah, I think I joined twenty eleven. I think. Yeah, I jo- I joined in 2011, but I didn't take over from uh, Lauren until like 2012, I think. And yeah, so yeah, definitely a lot of life change has happened. Graduated college and all of that, but I would definitely say that uh, yeah, this whole podcast experience has been 
like definitely one of the most instrumental parts of my life so far and in ways that I absolutely wasn't thinking about then and couldn't have imagined. I remember back then when I first started the podcast, I had no idea what I wanted to be. I was in college for computer science and I I just knew vaguely that, all right, well, if I learn programming, I guess I can get into game development. I don't know how exactly that connects. I live in Florida. There's how many game studios are in Florida? Oh, Tiburon, the one that makes Madden. Okay, thanks. (laughs) I don't think I'm going to be making Madden. And like, like at that time I was like definitely very lost, but I, well, I did like Kingdom Hearts and my old buddy Churro, he's on the podcast. Hey, you looking for a host? I want to do that. So that's kind of how I got into it. But uh, I, I want to bring up kind of a, you know, a thing you mentioned, Churro, a point that, you know, at the time was kind of not as significant as I realized, but actually did. Like I can specifically pinpoint a specific moment that happened that actually did make a big change in my life that did come as a result of the podcast. And it was back at E3 2015 and us, you know, unfortunately stopping Tayasu before he went to the bathroom. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And at that moment, uh, you know, I struck up a conversation with him. I showed him my artwork and I asked him like, what does it take to, you know, work in the Kingdom Hearts team and he liked my art but then his next question was how's your Japanese and then I was just like um well uh you know I know about like 500 words according to my application that I've been studying from and I know hiragana and katakana how's that uh well you know our whole team speaks Japanese so yeah you're gonna need to know Japanese if you want to study up bucko yeah exactly and then from that point on I was just like how am I gonna do that like is that even possible and then later in September I want to say a friend of the show and someone I've met through the show and through Uchiro Square Enix gal she posted on Twitter hey the program that I'm in the jet program that I'm, you know, used to go and work in Japan, they're recruiting and, you know, you can submit your application from October. By the way, did you know jet always has a career fair at the end? And did you know Square Enix is literally always (sighs) there and they're one of the top people there? And I'm like, get over there. All right. Cause like before I had known about the jet program prior to, uh, her mentioning it, but I didn't think once in my life, oh, yeah, I want to go to Japan to teach English. I'd heard about the job, but I'm like, teaching English, how's that going to get me anywhere closer to, you know, what I want to do and, you know, working in game development, especially game development in Japan? How could that possibly get me closer? And then her just saying that, bam, instantly, you know, the, you know, the, the question that was asked by Taiyasue, you know, the, the quote unquote problem that was presented to me finally had some kind of a solution or at least the beginnings of a solution. I can go to Japan. I can live there. I can do a semi easy-ish job. I mean, I'm not saying it's not, you know, stressful because, you know, it's a lot of work, but it's not difficult. And I can use that time to improve my skills and basically, you know, Dragon Ball sense, go into the hyperbolic time chamber and work on becoming a Super Saiyan, basically. (laughs) 
And it was from that specific moment that, you know, it kind of pushed me in that direction. I'll also say that, you know, getting the job in the jet program was very difficult and it is not an easy thing to get into. And I have personally no experience teaching English. I was a computer science major, completely unrelated to the job I was supposed to do. I never lived abroad. The only time I ever went out of the country was I went to Canada for 30 minutes. I went to to Canada for 30 minutes because back in 2006, I went to uh, play a video game symphony, one of those you know, video oh, game yeah, concerts. I went that in like 2006. Yeah, 2006 in Detroit. That's when ah, Yokoshima Mora was there. I got yes. to inter. That was my first interview that I did, and I did it for uh, KH Ultimania at the time. But uh, th- that was my only time. We went to that's amazing. To, we went to Canada for like 30 minutes. It was very boring because the <laughs> wow, the Canada that's next to Detroit is Windsor, Canada. Oh, Nobody yeah, you went to Windsor. Windsor. <laughs> There's nothing there. There's nothing. Yeah. Obviously. Basically, <laughs> I, I got to see a it's couple no of signs. Falls. Yeah, I got to see a couple of signs that had kilometers per hour and a gas gas station that had liters in it. All right, that's a that's, <laughs> that's about as Canada as they got. And you were okay. like, "Huh? Okay, good. All right, back now." <laughs> He's like, "All right, is there anything else? Well, there's a casino here. All right, let's go back." <laughs> so that was Love my it. that was my international experience up until that point. But in writing, you know, the the letter of, you know, we have to write a statement of purpose why we want to do this job. In in writing that, I went real hard on all the work that I did that I've done for the podcast, you know, working with an international staff, you know, doing interviews with Japanese game developers, working with translators and all of that and for me that was my experience and they actually say like pretty much everyone that's ever gotten to the jet program they specifically say in your statement of purpose never mention video games or anime that is a death sentence oh yeah because once they see that they know oh you're an otaku no you're just gonna stay at home all day watching anime and you're not gonna like if we were to send you to a town in japan you're not going to handle it because it's not we're not going to send you to a city you know we're not sending you to tokyo so you can't handle it that way and on top of that even if we do send you there you're not going to integrate with the community you're just going to be a nerd in your in your apartment all day which i'm not saying i'm not but (laughs) (laughs) i I did make a very strong case for how this podcast has, you know, developed me as a person and what kind of skills I've gained out of that. And yeah, I can definitely say that I absolutely think this experience and all of you guys, I'm working with you guys, that this was, you know, this gave me the like next step. It basically told me what step in my life I should take next. Yeah. In a time, you know, that I'm sure we can all relate to, you know, after high school and in college, like you're not sure where you can go. Mm -hmm. I'm sure, you know, to some extent, Sabi, you can relate to this because like, you know, you were able to use, uh, you know, this stuff in your college and you're able to use it to help you get your job with Ubisoft and, you know, we're all just trying to find our way to the the next step in our life. And for me, the podcast has definitely helped with that. You know, I want to get into the game industry. And uh, the reason I've continued on with this podcast for so long is that it is my main connection 
to the industry that I want to join. So, you know, this is, you know, at, at first I didn't really realize that, you know, a Kingdom Hearts fan project could really like help me in my professional career and make all of kinds of friends. But I would say that, yeah, in all, it's been everything. It's been such a big part of my life, both socially and professionally and, you know, pursuing my dreams and all of that. It's been such a, a blessing to me. So that's the reason why I've been continuing it on for so long. And yeah, I just wanted to say thank you, Lauren, for starting it. Oh, <laughs> thank you for it's taking been, it and hitting it out of yeah. the park. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, yeah, we I feel ho- like we I hope was to there for such going. a short time at the beginning that like yeah. uh that really you guys are the ones who have built this thing. So I wanna thank yeah. you guys from the bottom of my Aww. heart for doing Aww. this. But I will I I will say, though, I will say, though, you know, for the time that you were on, it may not have been that long, but you did accomplish a lot. Yeah, you guys, you know, really getting to interview two voice actors at the time, like getting it started and like (laughs) getting the momentum going like that to me is really awesome. We're we're lucky to get that many interviews in like a couple of years. (laughs) Oh, man. And let me know if I can ever, you know, hook you up. I I have uh, I have like two friends. (laughs) Yes, we'll just say friends. And I'm yeah. so excited like to kind of watch social media and see how yeah. how your adventure in Japan turns out. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh consistently crazy. It's been 3 years so far and uh <sighs> so I, I, I I said it back then and I'll keep saying it every day is an adventure sometimes sometimes it's a you know the same kind of adventure you'd have in a horror film and sometimes right. it's Sometimes it's sometimes it's literally Persona Four, like yep. I, like literally. I would say <laughs> my life most yeah. I would say my life most closely relates to Persona Four and all the good things and bad things one. of that. So it's my it's my favorite Persona. So I I can't complain. Oh, so same. yeah, I think uh, I think that pretty much wraps up our our our, our little chat here. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm so glad that we could have you know you know so many important people that we've had on the show and you know it's been 10 years this is not an ending by the way this is just a celebration yeah, just a celebration that's all for, for having nostalgia moments yeah it was exactly great. you know well if this... we've proved nothing else it's that we are okay with things that last decades on decades <laughs> on decades yeah. so it'll keep going into the future yes. but don't take <laughs> Nomura, do not take that. Nomura, as... don't take that. Don't, <laughs> don't take that. Speedy effort, please and thank you. Please thank and you. thank we you. We need that DLC by Christmas. I'm waiting. By Christmas, I need a Christmas present. Uh, also, please. don't don't forget about Seven Remake. That also needs your attention. Yeah, so we, so that don't, does you're need to here first. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I guess uh, since I, 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 I guess this will be the last. Uh, for you on this episode. So everybody say your goodbyes. Bye everybody. Thanks for 10 years. Thank you again. Thanks for 10 years of wonderful friends and distant hearts that are connected. They're so cute. I love it. Couldn't have have said it better (laughs) myself. Here's to another 10 years. See you in 10 years for Kingdom Hearts 4. Oh, Emily. We're back from time traveling. Holy cannoli! Uh, but I think you got lost in the mix because you weren't you weren't in the in the past recording. But you're here now. Uh, I don't I don't know where you were. Maybe you like went into a different world line or something.
Do you still have all your memories? I'm not sure. I wouldn't know. Yeah, you wouldn't know. <laughs> Isn't that something to think about? If you lost your memories, you would not That's know. That's the last thing you ask somebody. <laughs> don't ask them if they lost their memories. They don't know. That's the whole point. But clearly you know your name. So I think that's enough. That's enough memories for me. Yeah. I, I, I don't need to ask any further. It could be worse. But <laughs> speaking of which, we are moving on to the DLC segment where I will specifically be asking you about your memories. <laughs> so here's hoping I have them. Uh, I'm going to ask you a couple of these questions that I asked the uh, the the other old people. I'm going to ask the young the right. young people the same question. So, first question is, how do you feel about the Kingdom Hearts series? I I, I, I don't know. When I asked them, I asked them in 2009, but you know, you were nine, so I don't know how much you were uh, aware of Kingdom Hearts at the time, but. You know, if you could just tell me, how how did you feel about it when you first started Kingdom Hearts versus how it's grown over the years and how it is now? I loved Kingdom Hearts then and I still love it now. That's that's a good, (laughs) that's a good summary. Because like, but it's like a different type of love. Oh, for sure. Because back then I was like nine years old, like eight years old when I first got into it and like really like growing up with the series like back then it was almost like i wanted to be like best friends with sora oh, and donald and so goofy cute. and like do all the adventures with them like i loved it like that type yeah. of love and now it's like that like childhood nostalgia type uh, love but still great. i like continue on with the series like it's just, yeah so if you've ever gone back to playing any of the older games do you find now that you can appreciate certain things that you didn't notice at first when you first played it i think the gameplay oh like, yeah because like as like a child yeah. like you're like at least i was very dumb when it came to video yeah. games so like i have this very specific memory of like being in hollow bastion and kingdom Hearts 2 and it's like right before the demix fight yeah. and i've been playing kingdom Hearts for a while but i hadn't like actually beat kingdom Hearts 2 yet yes and I remember I, like, went, and I was just, like, looking through the menu, and I was like, oh, my God, abilities. Yeah. Oh, my God, like, I can change my Keyblade. Like, oh. <laughs> all these little that's, things. Uh, yeah, little things. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's kind of rough. And then, like, going into the battle, and I was like, this is easy. Yeah. <laughs> After playing through, like, oh my half God. the game. Yeah, I think we've all had that moment at a young age yeah <laughs> yeah that's uh yeah that that happens well at least you made it through hey that's that's a nice you know feat you made it up to demix yeah without changing your keyblade that's that's pretty impressive it is. so that that's that's cool are, are there any care although I think, yeah are there any i think yeah. demix made me like smash my controller at oh, some point <laughs> understandable are there any characters I, I are there any characters that you've changed your your opinion on over the years yes oh i remember when i first started playing kingdom yeah. hearts i did not like riku at all oh uh, yeah <laughs> like like kingdom hearts one i was like i hate you like, right <laughs> i didn't like riku but then like probably around the time i don't even know if it was my finished like kingdom hearts 2 or like i think it was just as i got older i appreciated riku a lot more yeah yeah for sure it's definitely something where like if you're younger, it, it may be harder to appreciate the older kind of rival character because you know it, yeah. when you're younger, because Riku just seems kind of like an idiot, like because he's like picking on yeah, Sora he's a jerk and, like, and yeah, he wants to take Kyrie away from exactly her and, like, and cause all this trouble. It's, <laughs> like it's you hard don't realize until you're older yeah. what's really going on in the 
in-depth parts of the yeah, story. Yeah, it's hard to see the good in that. And I, I guess, like, kind of in a sad way for some people, they have a lot of Rikus in their life and they don't understand why they are the way they are. But then maybe when yeah. they grow older, they might understand, like, oh, you know, they were just looking out for me or, oh, they were just joking. I shouldn't take it so seriously or... You know, that's something that takes a little bit of maturity to to recognize. So I can totally understand why maybe you didn't like Riku at first. And also, to be f- to be yeah. fair, he was kind of a jerk for most of it anyway. Yeah, in Kingdom Hearts One, he's not the best. Yeah. But even then, like replaying the games, like when I replay yeah. them now, and I like see Riku, especially in like Hollow Bastion, I'm like, oh my god, this poor boy. Yeah, he's going through so much. <laughs> like he's being manipulated. Yeah, he's being manipulated like- and. He's just trying to do his best. And he's just trying to find find his friend, and he's doing it the way he knows. And he's just curious yeah. about the darkness. And it, he he went down a wrong path, and you know he's not necessarily a bad person at heart. He's trying to do the right yeah. thing, but he's doing it the wrong way. So yeah, that's interesting. So I guess uh, a, another question I would have about that is, y- you know, in your you know experience with growing up with kingdom hearts one of the things that you got to see was the full extent of the hype cycle of kingdom hearts 3 from the announcement all the way to its you know release this year what was that like waiting all those years like how old were you in 2013 (laughs) i would have been yeah you would have been 13 so like what was that like waiting so long like that would have been six seven years yeah i remember when like even before kingdom hearts 3 like three of eight over two days and like birth by sleep like even then i was kind of like i was occupied with those games so like the wait i didn't mind the wait but then it was like when we got into like the hg remixes and like kingdom hearts 3 was announced yeah (laughs) like i don't know i like I feel like there's been ups and downs when it comes to, like, my interest yes. in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, like, yeah. it's always been, like, my favorite, like, one of my favorite series and, like, will always mean so much to me. Yeah. like, that childhood thing. Yeah. But, like, I think around the time where, like, the remixes were coming yep, yep. out, it was, like, kind of dipping down because there wasn't I've noticed that from a lot of much people. going on. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say personally then, for me, that time was, all right, let's discover new games. And that's where I discovered yeah. Persona and Phoenix Wright and yeah. Yakuza and pretty much same. <laughs> all of those games. Yeah, I heard the same from uh, yeah. L- Lauren McFadden. She said basically, yeah, that's when I discovered Persona 4. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'm trying to think of like, which just like the cycle. Yeah, I kind of feel like in some ways, I don't know if you feel the same. Maybe it's a little too early to say, but I kind of feel like that's kind of maybe where we are now with Kingdom Hearts. You know, if you really think about it. Yeah, I think the Kingdom Hearts 3 hype is still, it's still kind of yeah, there. but because it just came out. But. And like, I th- yeah, and I think that because I feel like the community is a lot bigger now, yes. I feel like it's easier to kind of keep that hype going. Yeah. Whereas before it was just like the PS2 games yes. and like... There's just a much bigger audience now to keep the Kingdom Hearts like fandom like going yeah. and like. I also kind of feel like maybe Square Enix is a little bit more equipped for this now because we, we've got yeah. the deal. Like, there's just yeah. like so much more merchandise. Yeah, so too. much more merchandise. We've got the DLC coming, and I think one of the biggest things, even though I'm not too into it anymore, is uh, Unchained Key or what do we call it Union Cross. That yeah. that thing, the mobile game, because that's an ongoing thing. <laughs> we didn't have that last time. This is a 
this is a new phenomenon is that we have this source for story content to keep coming. And I mean, in addition to that, like, I also feel like things are a lot more certain now than they were back at the end of, you know, Kingdom Hearts 2 era where they decide like that. I'll just say for me personally, I, I don't know if you experienced this at all. Maybe it was a little later, but when we were moving out of the Kingdom Hearts 2 era and then moving into, you know, the three five eights and the birth by sleep and, and and coded and dream drop distance, that that whole era of Kingdom Hearts, when we moved into that, it was kind of an uncertain er- era because it's like, man, you're announcing all these games. They're all on mobile platforms. And like, where's the number title? And will that ever come? How long is it going to take for you to release all these games? And there was a lot of uncertainty there. And that made, you know, for a lot of people to wait a little bit too long. And that's why, you know, I'm sure you noticed it. Like there's a lot of fans coming out of the woodwork when three was finally (laughs) releasing and being like, wait, where, what, what happened? Oh, Kingdom Hearts three. Oh yeah. I played two. That was awesome. What happened? Oh, do, do I need to play any of those side games? They're not side games. They're part of the. They're part of the main series. They're all required. Why didn't? Why weren't you playing this whole time? Oh my god! Like that happened because there's so much uncertainty and people thinking these things were side games and therefore unimportant. So I think now it's a little bit better equipped. That you know they're a little bit better equipped for the future and how that's going to work. And I mean they haven't announced Kingdom Hearts four, but you know, and the Kingdom Hearts three Ultimania they straight up reference you know, the idea of a Kingdom Hearts 4. And, you know, Namora did say, you know, there will be at least one title between what Kingdom Hearts, mm-hmm. you know, what uh, a quote-unquote Kingdom Hearts 4 would be. There would be at least one between, you know, now and then. But, I mean, at, at least we've heard a, at least an inkling of it a little bit. So I, I'm assuming, you know, at some point we'll hear about what that middle title will be sooner or later. And hopefully, yeah. I'm just hoping. I, I had a scary thought, Emily. <laughs> I'm hoping we don't have to yeah. wait until after Seven Remake to get Kingdom Hearts Four. Yeah, I could see it happening. Cause man, how long is Seven Remake gonna take? Oh my god, we're gonna have like a whole other era of just like side games while the Seven Remake is going on. We're going to get that same. Because how, yeah. how long could 7 Remake possibly take? How long do you think they're going to have gap-wise between episodes? Two years? Minimum two years. Here's how I could see it maybe working. So they'll have one year, they'll release a 7 game, and then they'll have an off year, and then they'll release another one the next year. Yeah. So every two years, a 7 Remake. Because, I mean, if you think about it, like they don't have to go ground up on... You know, they, they can carry over some stuff. Yeah. some stuff <laughs> but then, <laughs> then i think to myself wait a second so midgar has a certain kind of more linear style of gameplay but then literally instantly are they gonna have to make an open world game in two years out of seven that's gonna be rough because yeah. like i mean at a certain point, they, they can get to a point where they're kind of like coasting, where they've developed all the technology they need for the rest of the game. But at the very least... Yeah, just like battle yeah. stuff and character models. Yeah, the, like the next episode is going to be one of the hardest ones, I think. 
because they have to make yeah they have to figure out how they I think handle they're most the comfortable world. with Midgar. yeah midgar is straightforward like you develop all the basic stuff for midgar and just you know the rest of it is just polish but in terms of like fundamental technology stuff that that second episode is going to be a hell of an episode for them to develop that's that's a big leap so maybe they'll be the a, open world itself yeah. is like dang yeah i don't know what they're gonna do with that but i just hope that look let's just keep in mind that the seven team is in tokyo and the kingdom hearts team's in osaka and Tayasue, he's a great guy he can handle things and you know this isn't the this isn't namora's first rodeo with handling uh, several big projects and hey at some point you know the seven team probably has it made and you know they're probably fine because you know it is a remake after all so how much help do they need i don't know maybe it'll be fine i hope it'll be fine anyway so i guess moving on from there the the last question i want to ask you emily is how do you feel about the community and how the community has changed over the the year since you started in the community and how it is now because i i feel like you know, with the advent of social media and YouTube and Twitch becoming a thing more recently, like, you know, things have changed a lot. So how, how do you like what was your relationship with the series back when you first started in terms of the community? And, you know, how, how has that changed over the years for you? Well, the first time that I really remember, like, being in the community and like talking about people was like, on, like, the Kingdom Hearts, like, wiki, which is really weird. There was, like, the fan, like, community, like, forum type thing. I remember talking to people about, like, 3D and, like, predicting. And I was like, I think Riku's gonna be a Keyblade Master. Yeah. And, like, that happened. Yeah. Like, bam. That's cool. <laughs> you got it. But, like, just, like, all these, like, theorizing type things. And then maybe, like, a year or two after that, I kind of got on Twitter and I talk to people on Twitter a lot, and I still do that. That's still kind of where I go for most of my things. But I think the real difference now is that it's less of, like, a niche kind of fandom where you have to really scout people Yeah. Like, I find there's a lot more influencers. Like, that's just a change in general. Yes, for sure. From, like, for everything. Yeah. But, like, I find that there's a lot more influencers talking about Kingdom Hearts and, like, getting people into it. Yep. So yeah. that's, yeah, that is a lot more influencers. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good. So, yeah, I guess that's, uh, I guess that pretty much covers the, the, the main questions I wanted to ask you. I guess maybe like a, a, a quick last one, but it's going to sound really big is how has your life changed since, you know, Kingdom Hearts has entered your life? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how better it's a word that. Literally in like. I feel like in, like, every way possible, because, yeah. like, I started the series so yeah. young. Like, I remember, like, I remember being in, like, grade two yeah. and, like, being on, like, the school computer <laughs> and, like, watching Kingdom Hearts cutscenes, which is really yeah. weird. <laughs> but, like, I remember, I have this really weird memory of doing that. It was, like, rechain of memories. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then, like, now. Yeah. Where I'm, like, 19, I'm, like, in university, I'm on this podcast yep. talking about Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts 3 is out, like... Yeah, it's a... It's it's a... So different. Yeah, huge difference. I know with, like, Churro, he was saying, like, it's been such a big part of his life that, 
Like, so much of his life has been, like, more of his life has been with Kingdom Hearts than without that it's, like, you can't, you yeah. can't even imagine what your life would be like without it because to go, to exactly. go to a time where it wasn't in your life, it would require you to go back so many years and you were such a different person then. And for you, you were a little kid, yeah. so it's, like... <laughs> like literally like the cutoff point for like my memories like yeah there's only a few years without kingdom yeah, Hearts. not too many so yeah i kind of feel the the same like yeah for me i'd have to go back to like being uh, 11 maybe like that's pretty far like i'm definitely different yeah. from when i was when i was 11 <laughs> i don't know anything about me when i was 11 other than p yeah. vague photos i have so and like I guess it's, like, kind of hard to, like, really think about it, but I think just, like, the lessons of Kingdom Hearts with, like, friendship, Absolutely. I feel like it has actually helped me in my life. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and just, like, the hopeful, like, kind of, like, Disney messages yeah. of, like, the light and, like, yeah. all of those things, like, especially during, like, dark times. Yeah. <laughs> like, I find Kingdom Hearts has always been the thing that I, like, go back to throughout the years yeah. and, like... I'll just, like, if I'm feeling really bad, just, like, put on Kingdom Hearts 2 and, like, I hear Dearly Beloved and I'm like, uh, oh, yeah, for sure. this is, like, my comfort zone again. Like, I think for me, my favorite message of, you know, the Kingdom Hearts series is one that comes up a lot in Kingdom Hearts 1, and it's about separation and how how to deal with separation in kind of a healthy way and knowing yeah. that, you know, you may be separated from your friends, but you can always think about them and you can always keep them in your heart and you're never truly disconnected. Mm -hmm. And even if, you know, you forget about, or even if they forget about you, you can always have your memories of them as they were in your heart. So, you know, I think that's yeah. kind of an interesting subject because, you know, loss and separation and, you know, rejection and all of that, like those are very real things that happen to people but it's it's not common that we get like a good example of how to deal with that you know and a healthy yeah. example and i think kingdom hearts is a a good you know a good example of how to deal with that in a good way so yeah totally agree i i would definitely say that uh yeah kingdom hearts has also helped me you know through its message i mean you know, a, a lot of times when Kingdom Hearts characters get up on a soapbox, they'll they'll be talking about plot, and that doesn't really help my life. <laughs> but when it does get to the more like when they get real, that's when it gets good. Yeah. So yeah, I'm totally with you there. So I guess that kind of wraps up the things I wanted to ask you. I guess it's time for ice cream. It's ice cream time, Emily. Are you ready for ice cream time? Are you ready? Are you ready to be jealous? I'm jealous just thinking about it. We've got an ice cream review. So I posted on Twitter a couple of pictures of me eating various Cecil ice cream. So I went on a trip to Tokyo uh, about two weeks ago, and it was super awesome. And yeah, basically I went to uh, various parts of Tokyo and then also to the Disney Resort in Tokyo. So I uh, just want to say that... So originally, sea salt ice cream is something that uh, Namora tasted at Disney. That's that's where it kind of originated from, and that's why I decided, yeah, let's go to Tokyo Disney and we'll give it a try. But specifically, if you ever wanted to try the original sea salt ice cream, I just want to let you know how that works. So 
Tokyo Disney, the Tokyo Disney Resort, is divided into two parks. You got Tokyo Disney Land, and you have Tokyo Disney Sea. Now, when you hear Tokyo Disney Sea, you might instantly think, oh, this is a water park. It is not a water park. It is a regular Disney park. They just call it Disney Sea because it vaguely has a sea type theme. It is not a water park. It is, you know, if you've ever been to, like, in Florida, you know, uh, Disney Hollywood Studios or in California, like kind of Disney California Adventures where it's kind of a mishmash of many different rides. That's kind of what Disney Sea is, but the theming is a lot more cohesive and a lot more well thought out. So uh, I would personally say as someone who grew up in Florida, you know, kind of like the epicenter for having a ton of Disney parks, I actually think Disney Sea is my favorite park in the world. You know, if I'm talking about an individual Disney park, if I'm talking about a Disney resort, it's still Disney World in Florida because, you know, you can't be having six amusement parks. Like, that's insane compared to two. But, you know, in in, in terms of an, a single park, if I had to go to one park, I'd pick Disney Sea any day. It's awesome. So, like, you would put it above, like, Magic I'd Kingdom. I'd put it above Ma- at Magic Kingdom. And that's that's really hard for me. Interesting. That makes me want yeah. to go. Well, I mean, hey, you know, in Tokyo Disney Resort, they have Disneyland, which is what Magic Kingdom is. So there yeah. you go. But, you know, in terms of, <laughs> I still say in terms of a resort, Disney World wins just based on sheer volume because they have pretty much everything you would ever want. But if you had to go to one park, I would go to uh, Disney Sea. You know, that's that's definitely my favorite there. And also, hey, you get to t- try sea salt ice cream. Uh, and then I also went to the Square Enix Cafe. I really lucked out there because, like, man, that Square Enix Cafe is usually slammed. And on top of that, it's summer. And they have a lot of cold drinks in there. So, um, yeah, w- uh, definitely lucked out there being able to go there. So I went to s- the Square Enix Cafe first and got to eat the uh, ice cre- sea salt ice cream bar. And something really interesting about it is so it- it's-, it's exactly what you would expect. Like, based on what it is represented, like, in the game, it is exactly that. Exactly as they describe it. You know, it's it's sweet, but it's also salty. It's, you know, it's happy and it's sad. It's, you know, that bittersweet kind of a uh, feeling. It's kind of like that. And I think it's, like, made with yogurt, and that's why it gets that, like that consistency that it has where it kind of looks like kind of can you bite right into it like oh yeah you can bite right into it no problem that's so weird yeah the only thing though is (laughs) like like, i always watch it and i'm like oh my god this is so alarming yeah yeah you can bite right into it no problem (laughs) the only thing though is it's a lot smaller than i thought it was going to be you can like if if anyone goes on on the twitter at kh union you can see the pictures of me holding it it's actually pretty small um i'm assuming Either the Kingdom Hearts characters are really tiny or they gave me a small bar and I'm mad. But (laughs) (laughs) by the way, that bar, like if we were to convert it into U.S. dollars, it'd be about eight dollars. Like that thing is expensive. Just want to be clear on that. It's about eight bucks. And then the the thing in Disney Sea is about maybe three fifty. So it's real, you know, price difference. Very big. Um, but yeah, I would still buy. Yeah, it, it's worth it to try because very yeah. much they did do their best to make sure it captured the feeling of how they described it in the game, and it, you know I think it, it really did a good job at that. 
Um, I would say like in terms of like taste, the best way I could describe it is I think the closest would be like maybe uh, like cheesecake in a way. You know how cheesecake has like that, you know, I don't know, cheesecake or like, uh, I don't know, something that has like kind of a sour taste to it as well. Because the saltiness to me kind of comes out in a little bit of a sourness, which I think maybe they accomplish that through yogurt and maybe not salt. I don't know. Maybe it is salt, but it kind of has that like tart yogurty kind of taste. And like when you eat it, you don't like think, oh, this is yogurt. When you eat it, you think, oh, this is sea salt ice cream. It's ex- exactly what it is. But I'm thinking, I don't know, when I was taste like really trying to think about the taste, it kind of reminded me of kind of a tart you know, yogurty kind of taste. It's really good. I highly recommend it. So, but, um, you know, you know, moving, uh, gears a little bit to the Disney sea version. So the Disney sea version is completely different in terms of presentation. It's kind of, it's called a, it's called the sea salt ice cream monaka. And basically a monaka is, it's kind of like an ice cream sandwich, but think of it as like the entire thing is wrapped, not just, the top and the bottom like a sandwich but the whole thing it's completely wrapped and it's got like this really soft outside covering thing and then inside is ice cream and then they also have like a strawberry jam filling which if you're trying to taste what the ice cream tastes like it makes it very difficult because the i you know the uh the strawberry jam flavor is very strong you know, they're designing it to be a delicious treat. They're not designing it f- for you to taste sea salt ice cream necessarily. So, you know, you kind of have to eat around it kind of cleverly so you can taste just the sea salt ice cream. But I would describe... Is it still called sea salt yes. ice cream? Even with yeah. the... Yeah, still it is called the sea salt ice cream monaka. And that's actually completely written in English. Um, pretty interesting. So, yeah, if you... Uh, you know, if if you, any of you want to see it, you can see it on the Twitter as well. Uh, I actually have a picture of me holding it and then written out on top of it says sea salt ice cream monaka. It's got a picture of like a clamshell opening up because that's the shape of the uh, of the monaka outside. It's kind of like a sh- shape of a seashell. And you have a mini, but in a mermaid costume, sort of like sitting there. And then I think maybe Daisy's there. I don't remember exactly, but Minnie's there. That's kind of the main featured character. It's, I guess this treat is targeted towards girls. I don't know. I like it. Um, if anybody cares, it's 150 calories. You know, if any anybody diet conscious, yeah, I think you'll be fine. It's it's not high calorie at all. It's pretty good. And uh, so yeah, in terms of ice cream flavor, it is not tart whatsoever. It is sweet. It is 100% sweet. It's kind of like there is still that sea that salty flavor but mm, it's not overt at all and if you're not tasting for it you won't notice it the best way i just would describe it is it's kind of a weird description but anyone who's ever swim swum in the ocean will know this this feeling if you accidentally swallowed salt water but then later like drank some water to like get the salt water taste out of your mouth and then like later Kind of like the aftertaste, the lingering salty essence that is in your mouth. Not a taste, but like a a salt zone. I don't know. It's hard to 
it, it's it's hard to describe, but like the kind of like after feeling of what your mouth has of eating salt. That's kind of how I felt yeah. it being. Like it's not like when you taste the ice cream, you don't taste salt, but you can kind of like if you really think about it, you can kind of feel that kind of like salty aftertaste. But again, it's not salty. It's like minerally. So it, it it's it's an interesting it's an interesting flavor. It's very good, but it is in no way how they describe it in the game. You know, when Roxas eats it, he's kind of like, oh, it's sweet and it's salty, and you know, so, like when Donald tries to eat it, uh, he's surprised by it. Like he what well, salty, and then he's oh, but sweet, yeah. and then he eats it and he likes it. That's kind of, that's the experience you get out of the bar that's at square at the Square Next Cafe. The one at Disney Sea, the original one, isn't like that. You eat it and it's just delicious from the get go. Kids would love it. Whereas the bar that they sell at the Square Next Cafe, I don't know that kids would love that because it's kind of it, it's kind of a more nuanced taste. You know, you know the salt is kind of like a little bit over, over emphasized on purpose so that people get the saltiness flavor. Because if you if you went all that way to Tokyo to eat that and then you didn't get the saltiness, like people would get mad. Like, what? It doesn't even taste like sea salt. What the hell? They set it up for so many years and it tastes it tastes like nothing. It's not like that. It, it tastes just like the game. So, uh, and, and I think that's the the long and the short of it of of how I experience both of these is that you know they have very different goals with their ice cream. You know the the one at the Square Enix Cafe is very much trying to be the one from the game. And the one at Disney Sea is just trying to be a really nice ice cream snack. And I would say you can't go wrong with either. I would say try both. They're both really awesome. They're very different. Um, and you know, like I said, the the original sea salt ice cream is the one from Disney Sea, and that's the one that Tetsuya Nomura ate all those years ago and really loved it and decided, you know what, I want to put this in Kingdom Hearts, and he decided to completely change it. In terms of how it is, it's kind of like he liked the name sea salt ice cream and decided, well, this doesn't taste like sea salt ice cream at all. What would actual sea salt ice cream taste like if it was in Kingdom Hearts? And then he like completely reinvented it based on the name alone and not the flavor that it actually has. But uh, yeah, I would say in terms of uh, review, I I give them both 10 out of 10. They're both delicious, amazing. if I had to ding any one of them, it would be the Square Next one for being so expensive, but that's it. For being so expensive and for being so tiny. But that's that's pretty much all. Oh, and by the way, I, I don't know if everybody gets it, but when you bite into the... When you're finally done eating the, the bar, on the stick, m- mine said, Atari, which means that I won. Uh, that I'm basically like in the English version of uh, 358 over 2 where it says winner. I don't know if that's a that's I don't know if it's a system that they have or if like all of like everybody gets it. But yeah, I I won and uh apparently the way it works is I don't know, whatever giveaway thing that they have at the time, it'll they'll tie it in because at the time that I went, it was a Final Fantasy 14 collaboration. What are they on Shadowbringers now? I don't know. Whatever the newest Final Fantasy 14 expansion, they have a uh they have a a thing for that. They have a collaboration going on right now, like an event. And basically 
uh, when you buy certain drink menus and certain food items, you'll get different like placemats or you'll get a drink coaster that's 14 related. And uh, when you buy the, the Kingdom Hearts ice cream bar and you eat it, if you get the winning stick, you can get a uh, you can get another drink coaster. So I got a bunch of those. Well, there's your eight dollars. There's my eight dollars. I still have them, <laughs> but I, I really don't care about them so whatever maybe i'll, uh, yeah. I'll probably get them to churro later i remember like a few years back like looking online and like finding like the sea salt ice cream recipe. yeah they're out there i still want to make it someday but like i haven't gotten to it yeah it's but, like i really want to do it yeah it's out there you know if, if you're in a i don't know would you call ice it doesn't seem would you call ice doesn't cream seem difficult i'm just like i don't cook or like bake have, or have you ever made ice cream no. I would say if you ever want to do it, maybe try making vanilla first and see how you do with that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's just something about making ice cream that is like, man, that just seems like this unknowable art. Yeah. That like, how do you make ice cream? That's so weird. Like, it, does making ice cream count as baking? Does it count as cooking? Well, how would you? I just say making ice cream, make ice cream. Yeah. There isn't a word for making ice cream because, I don't know, I guess it's kind of a unique thing. So why do we need a word for it? Baked goods. There's a lot of different baked goods you can make. Interesting. Well, I guess that's pretty much it. So that's that's our DLC segment for the show. And uh, our music for this episode is a wonderful cover of Dearly Beloved. Actually, a Dearly Beloved remix. This is Dearly Beloved Caillou remix. Wait, Caillou? That, that kid show? The bald guy? No. That's not 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 the same Caillou. That Caillou has like this double L thing going on. No, this Caillou is K A Y O U Caillou. And actually, if you, I guess if you said it in Japanese, it'd be Caillou. But I, I don't know if that's actually how you would pronounce his name. Let's go with Caillou because it sounds like that bald guy. I like him. Uh, it's really good. It's kind of like this chill step version of it. I hope you like it. The next episode of Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 3rd of September. As always, if you guys like the show, please subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and we're number one. And of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at Kingdom Hearts, uh, at KHUnion. Sorry. And then remember... You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. And if you have any questions, send them to khuquestions at gmail.com. Emily, I know you haven't been with us that long, but it is the goodbye time of the 10th anniversary episode. I'm glad you were here with us. I'm glad I'm here, too. Yeah, it's it's been a long road, but uh, it's, been, it's been such a fruitful one. Like, I, I know... You know, it's been kind of new for you, but I know, uh, you know, for me and for Churro and Lauren and Sabby, this podcast has meant a lot. I know I'll just say for me personally, it's it was very instrumental in me getting not just getting my job, but also putting me on the path towards even considering uh, moving toward moving to Japan. So and, you know, even considering that a job in the game industry could be possible. So. You know, uh, I, I definitely owe a lot to this podcast and it's been why I've been so consistent all over the years keeping up with it. So I just want to say again to all the listeners that have supported us over the years, I just want to say thank you. You know, without you, this podcast wouldn't go on. 
for all our Patreon supporters. You guys really help us out. You really make this show a possibility, along with Final Fantasy Union. I know they've been going on for a long time as well. And, you know, it's it's been a crazy ride. We've had so many amazing adventures, you know. I, I, I kind of feel like this is the little podcast that could, you know... Maybe we're not the biggest Kingdom Hearts name in the game, but hey, we've done so many crazy things. We've interviewed Tetsuya Nomura. We've met Tayasue several times. We've interviewed people from Pixar. You know, we've interviewed voice actors. We broke the news on the Kingdom Hearts animated series that nobody knew. Well, people had heard about it like way back, really obscure in 2002, but we broke the news on that. Like, there's so much stuff that this little podcast was able to do and i'm so glad we could do it with you so from your host brandon just want to say thank you all right emily say your goodbyes and any anything else you want to say thank you everyone (laughs) bye bye (laughs) that's great (laughs) i keep it simple simple and clean that's how we do it on the kingdom hearts union podcast that's how we do it this is a kingdom hearts show we do it simple and clean so I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production. <laughs>